Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. To Man Bites Pod. It is I, Gene Von Banyard, the cinema baron, putting the sin back into cinema. And my compadres, please introduce yourself. How are we this evening slash today, gentlemen? I am absolutely phenomenal. Glad to be back. Commander We here. Very excited to talk about the movie we got to do today. Um, as always, the cinema baron brings, brings the fire that I have never known. So I'm excited to get into this one. It's glad, good to be back. Well, the Reverend is here as well, ready to get into some occultic ass shit because, uh, yeah, it took a while, but there's some occultic ass shit in this film, man. Mm-hmm. There certainly, there certainly is, gentlemen. And the film we are talking about, people, is Kill List, 2011. Okay, it is directed by Ben Wheatley. Ben Wheatley, an English director, uh, known for his folk horror and other quirky offerings, but I'll go into that. Okay, now Kill List is an interesting film. It's a multi-genre film, if you will, because we have kitchen sink British realism, crime thriller, gangster hitman crime thriller, Mm -hmm. also uh, folk horror, all in one basically. And uh, what are your initial thoughts there, gentlemen, just off the bat? What did we think watching this? This started out as a slow burn, and um, I was really unsure which direction this movie was going. I was like, is this just Kramer versus Kramer? Are we just going to watch a divorce movie? <laughs> you know, and 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 then, then we've got Hitman, and then we've got cult activity, and I went, so literally everything that I look for in every type of movie is in this motherfucker. And absolutely amazing violence in this flick. Oh, phenomenal. Yes. But I fucking oh, yes. love this movie. Yeah. Love this movie. Yeah, man. Honestly, uh, it, it takes a while. It takes a while. And for the first, like, 20 minutes, it was a reverse romantic comedy because they were just yelling at each other. And I'm like, I don't need to relive this shit. What the fuck is this all about? You know, so mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I I just, you know, I got a rule, you know, I got a rule, mm-hmm. and it took like mm-hmm. 25, 30 minutes, if not like the entire movie, until I saw a tit at least. So, <laughs> but the the violence had to make you happy once it came on. The shit was, oh yeah, the and they're killing fucking pedophiles, which is fucking amazing. You know, I, I yeah. love the premise of it. It just, it just was like twenty minutes of him yelling at his wife and me being like, "Man, this guy sucks." And I was like, "Okay, well, I guess he kills." Talk. Let's get into this. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. let's do the damn thing. It is a slow burn, absolutely. It's a, it's like if you're the Wicker Man. 
but with burnt with one match <laughs> that <laughs> takes about <laughs> basically but oh my god does it go up in flames at the end um now you mentioned the uh, reverse romantic comedy at the start with the kitchen sink realism, the domestics going on with the British couples in the household there. Um, that's a very good point because Ben Wheatley, he's interested in putting horror into his horror films, but he's also interested in putting the horrible as well. So he wanted to make the viewers feel very uncomfortable at the start um, and it, within the uh, as you're watching the domestic setting, something that a lot of people can relate to, of course, that kind of, you know, that that discomfort, uh, you know, like you're Sam, you're the vulnerable uh, kid there, um, hearing your parents go off yeah, at each other sure. yet, yet again. So it's the sure. horrible and, within horror. Yeah. And I, I read something. So something that I found interesting, I didn't read up a ton about this because this is one of those ones I took no notes on because I just wanted you to spill it for me. But I, I always go and look who wrote, who directed. Mm -hmm. And one thing I discovered is that is that the director's wife, Amy yeah. Jump, is the writer of this film. And yeah. in looking up, I've never heard of her and looked, I just went, well, who the fuck is she? It turns out that a bunch of those things from the early bit were, that's taken from her childhood. Like the... Uh, yanking the uh when he does the abracadabra gimmick because he's pissed at everyone wants to ruin everyone dinner he fucking yanks the the tablecloth and fucks up all the food and yells abracadabra that actually happened to her as a kid that's heavy that's heavy yeah they are a uh, creative couple definitely they worked on the editing together as well as the writing as they do on a lot of their other films and to that note as well this is part of an unofficial trilogy which is oh. thematically thematically linked ben wheatley's folk horror tri trilogy uh this is the first one the second one is called sightseers which is more on the comedy end meets folk horror but there's some great violence in that movie as well. And then you have a medieval plague, psychedelic black and white epic called A Field in England. Yeah. Okay. Yes, and that one's very interesting as well. And if you're prone to like a little um, hallucinogenic uh, uh, enjoyment, definitely indulge and watch that film because oh, you will appreciate it. Absolutely. Oh, tremendous. I'm in. I'll do it. And I did see that they did sightseers as well. Like I looked up a little bit about it. It sounds interesting. I'm going to have to check those out. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just to finish off his filmography there, uh, well, to uh, point out the highlights, he's just directed Into the Earth, which is a very traditional, as traditional as the Wicker Man being the ultimate, you know, the classic folk horror movie. Uh, Into the Earth he made during COVID times um, outside English countryside as traditional folk horror as you can get in cinemas now. Check it out. All right, moving on. Uh, this film stars Neil Maskell, who plays Jay. Uh, Mayanna Buring, who plays Shell. Uh, Michael Smiley, who plays Gal. Uh, he's great. <laughs> yeah. um, and H Harry Simpson is Sam, that's the kid. Music is by Jim Williams. I loved the score in this. Yeah, the whistling, spooky as fuck. Spooky mm -hmm. as fuck. And the score mixed with the sound design as well, sound design by Martin Pavey, really adds to the atmosphere and helps this film build. Yeah, it's a huge part of it. Agreed. Uh, 
Jim Williams also did the scores for a fantastic French movie called Roar about teenage female female cannibals. Uh, also did a field in England, and he also did Possessor, which is done by is it Richard or Robert Cronenberg, David Cronenberg's son. I think it's Robert. I think it's Robert, but I'm not hundred yeah. percent on. I'm not, I can't quite remember, but I didn't write it down, unfortunately. But Possessor, if you haven't seen Possessor, if you like David Cronenberg, check out what his son's doing because it's, it's a mindfuck. Um, what else? What else is worth mentioning in this? Now, the release schedule was interesting in this. It was released in the, uh, in the USA to begin with. Oh, so do, 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 do I have that correct? Was it? It wasn't released in the UK originally? Um, bum, bum, just checking, just checking. Yeah, USA, 12th of March, 2011 at South by Southwest. So it was actually sent over to the, um, to your guys' land there to begin with. That was on the uh, 12th of March and then released 28th of August, 2011 in the UK at Fright Fest. Yeah. Oh. Uh, mm. uh, Yep, um, and then released to other, uh, then released throughout the USA and came down here to Australia, 11th of January 2012 on DVD. Uh, limited release releases, a lot of things like a couple of festivals here and there, lots of video on demand and DVD releases as well. Um, so it hasn't had a huge theatrical run throughout its history, this film. That's why a lot of people don't know about it, basically. Yeah. Mm. Oh, by the way, it's Brandon Cronin. Thank you, Brandon. There we go. Thank you. Um, streaming, just to get that out of the way, if you uh, want to watch this film, I'd highly recommend that you do. You can watch it on Stan down here in Australia, but had trouble, is it on Amazon, you were saying, in America there, yeah? Um, I, I found it. It's it's for rent for 2 or $3, or 3 or $4, something like that. Um, you can buy it for like 13 so at this point, I'm probably just going to buy it. I, this is, yeah. I need to revisit this one. Um but we honestly, I mean, I don't know if this is a dry snitching or not, but we found it on YouTube. We found a subtitled version on YouTube, and it was it was fine. Yeah, I would uh, I would have paid for the extra sound quality, honestly, if I would have had the opportunity to like see it in my living room and everything nicely. Yeah, for sure, man. It, it's worth four bucks. Absolutely, Dude, I, it's I, worth I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna just pay the fucking nice. fifteen dollars to iTunes and have it because I need to rewatch this a couple times. You do, you do. I've watched about three or four times, and things start revealing more and more the more you watch. Of course, this is this is films. very much yeah. This is very much a usual suspects type of movie where it, it, it's a different movie the second time you watch it. You know, hundred percent, hundred percent, and again the third time and even fourth time, definitely sure. Um, Filming locations shot in Sheffield, South Yorkshire, England, UK. Uh, and what that's I can up, say about that. North, isn't it? That's the north of England. Yep. North of England. Yep. Not not too far north, so you can barely understand what they're saying. Yeah, it's not the country. It's not the it's country. Not country, but it's well up from London and Manchester. Yeah. Right. Um, now, I just want to point out there just before we go in, that is the folk horrors are known for being set within a natural landscape, but you also get a kind of barren, isolated feeling from them as well. That's where part of the fear element comes into play with folk horror. This was the barren, suburban, industrial landscape. Yep, they replaced oh, it. Go for it. So speaking of that, I wanted to bring this up. I, I did, once again, I took almost no notes on this. 
uh, I really wanted you to give me the skinny, kind of like the way we did House that Jack built, because that fucked my mind up. And then once you explained it, it made more sense. I figured I would do the same thing here. But there was one thing I wanted to ask you on a technical aspect, since we're talking about the landscape of where these things were shot. That fucking rainbow shot, was that's a legit rainbow, isn't it? That's you know what I'm talking about? When you yep. get out of that yep. fucking car and there's a, I'm like, how the fuck? <laughs> that shit was amazing. <laughs> um, now, he had actually, he actually wanted a rainbow shot, uh, but they got out of, they basically, they set up uh, at the location on the day and boom, there was the rainbow. And he was like, throw the car in the middle of that, get out of the car now before that goes away. That was he pure wanted, luck. He wanted a rainbow shot, like on a different shot or something? No, he, he wanted a rainbow shot at some point throughout the film, just playing with the symbolism, et cetera. Uh-huh. Uh, but when they set up for filming at that location and that spot on that day, there it was when they drove up. And it's like, set up now, get it now. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, the way that car was positioned, yeah, all yeah. that shit, it was, it was just yeah. too good. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, ba, 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 ba. They got funding from the UK Film Council. Um, he had done a small, Film four and screen Yorkshire. Um, now he had done a small one down Terrace. He, uh, it was a small film. His first film was a small independent film, which was very much like the start of this film. That was pretty much the essence of it. It was a kitchen sink realist English drama. Um, but this allowed him to expand on further ideas he had in his mind, which he couldn't realize with down Terrace. Yeah. And mm-hmm. obviously expanded a lot. Uh, but, but, but shot on a um, shot with the red one camera on digital. Um, it won a bunch of awards. Uh, but, 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 so, you know, like the critics, they were shocked by the funders were shocked by this, but they said, go for it. This could be something. And the critics loved it. Uh, ratings, IMDb 6.4 out of 10, Rotten Tomato 78, Metacritic, Metacritic 67 out of 100. And um, yeah, let's get into the plot. Let's break this shit down. Yeah. Do it. Okay, now if anything here out of the um, synopsis that I'm reading from that you want to mark out to that you, you know, you've thought about, want to discuss further, just stop me and we'll go into it, yeah? Right. Okay, now a poorly executed job in Kiev, Iraq, has left Jay mentally scarred. A soldier turned hitman is now pressured by his partner Gal into taking a new assignment. As they get into the final hit, Jay begins to unravel once again, his paranoia sending him deep into the heart of darkness. Hitmen, Jay and Gal, haven't had a job for about eight months. Now, this is because of Jay, yeah? And at the start of the film, you see basically Shell, Jay's partner, berating Jay, get the fuck back to work. You're sitting on your ass. I know something bad happened in Kiev, Kiev and that unravels as well well the effect that it had on him unravels but you can't just sit around uh, having building a gazebo you really don't even know how to set up yeah right well they take fucking like you know 15 minutes to set that up and be like because for the longest time I was just like what is this piece of shit doing like why is he so clustered up about this why is he being such a bitch right now like you know and he just uh he develops as a character later on but you don't have that emotional attachment with this character whatsoever to begin with 
You yeah, know, they keep him. Like, they keep him kind of a blank slate for the first like twenty or thirty minutes, almost. Well, maybe oh, twenty for sure. And you're just like, dude, mm. because mm. you don't really know that he's like an Iraqi veteran until like he does the abracadabra thing and fucks up dinner and yells at his wife and seems like a huge asshole. You know. Honestly, I thought when she said, your back's not fucked up, you know, it's all in your fucking head. I'm like, he's got a fucking pain pill addiction. Like he's got, like my mind went all types Mm -hmm. of different, he's Mm -hmm. got, he's got PTSD and he's got this and he's got that. And then you find out ain't none of that shit true. Like he's just a fucking, he's a, he's a crazy, he probably does have PTSD, but he's a fucking, he's a fucking nutter. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the, this film is a, a PTSD, I think, plays a large part in Jay's character, is how I read it anyway, definitely. Certainly as he, he unfolds. Um, carrying on, Jay is married to Shell. Uh, Shell, I will point out at this point in time, she was in the Swiss Army. This is, uh, no, Swedish Army, sorry, she's Swedish. She, she's Swedish, yeah. She was in the Swedish army, so they're both ex-military, yeah? Did we, where did we find out that she was in the military? I kind of gathered that by part of the ending scene, and obviously that she is Swedish because she's speaking in Swedish on the fucking phone, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I, where where did they lay out that she was in the army? Okay, it said the, um, it said the dinner party where Gail comes along with Fiona. There's a photo of uh, her uh, shell in uniform. Oh, I remember. Yeah. And she says, yeah. oh, she's like, oh, I didn't know they made girls do that. She's like, they fucking didn't. I just did it because I'm fucking gangster. Yeah, yeah. that's right. What, what? You, you always know that she's gangster as fuck, like from the very beginning of the movie. That, she yeah, wears, that bitch ain't playing no fucking games with any. Fuck no, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like she wears the pants. Yeah, she wears the <laughs> pants, definitely. And uh, Jay is married to Shell and has a son around the age of 10 called Sam. Gal isn't married, but does have a mysterious looking girlfriend, uh, Fiona. Very mysterious. Prior to the dinner party they have together at Jay's, Shell and Jay argue frequently as Jay can't pay for things and he isn't working or hasn't got a job as such, as we've gone over. During the dinner they have together. Now, um, yeah, Gal and Shell, you're not really sure if this is Gal's idea or Shell's idea to set up the dinner to get Jay working again, but Gal has a job proposition for Jay to get him off his ass. Uh, there, and, and then you pretty much, it's not overly stated, but it's heavily insinuated that these dudes are hitmen. Yeah, this, this is a job. This isn't like, uh, you know, you're not paying taxes on the ship. Right. Right. You get that idea pretty much straight away. They do. They do kind of bleed it out a little bit where mm-hmm. you're, uh, there's a little uncertainty as to what that is, but it becomes blatant after a short time. Yeah. But like, I feel like they did try to just bleed it slowly. a little. They did. They did. Yes. Um, the dinner party itself is very, uh, it's awkward as well, because then you get to see how much Jay and Shell have been, uh, have been bickering with each other over these eight months, how unhappy she is with Jay's lethargy, not getting off his ass as well. Um, and uh, Ga- Gal and Fiona are just sit there, you know, after he does the abracadabra thing, rips off 
the tablecloth dishes go everywhere. They start shouting at each other. Gal has to go upstairs and look after Sam, the kid as well. This whole thing, what I wanted to point out with this dinner party, it wasn't improvised. Um, they had to hit definite script points to get to propel their story forward, propel the narrative forward, but they were allowed to play a lot. Like um, after they've had the argument and they make up and they're drinking and whatnot, and a gal, Michael Smiley, he um, basically improvised a whole lot of funny stories. So when it cuts back to them and they're laughing their head off, they're just laughing at something that Michael Smiley, the actor, not gal, the character was saying. And but you don't get what he was saying. You just so just you know to show the passage of time, if that makes sense. Right, right. Because they get it's over the whole abracadabra thing pretty fast. Yeah, know? they do. They do. Um, and there's uh, he, and there's a lot so, of that. There, there's there's a lot of that in this movie where they they are fussing with each other on a we're getting like if I fought with my wife like that, we'd be getting fucking divorced. I, I don't oh, fight with down, yeah. like I don't understand these motherfuckers fight like it's a rap on life and then they just they're cool not even the next day or a week later after talking about it and stewing about it they're cool like fucking moments later it, yeah. it's, it's, it's a really volatile relationship and also being they're both ex-military and one mm-hmm. clearly has PTSD I do think that there is an element of he is competing with her on some level. There's some mm-hmm. there's some manhood mm-hmm. issues for him. You know what I mean? He's this tough guy. He's a fucking hitman. He's ex-military. He he's a tough motherfucker. He's a tough motherfucker. But his wife yes. is just as tough as he is. So absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's a very particular British style of wake- making film and directing. Mike Lee, if you've ever heard the name, works in this way, where Ben Wheatley got a lot of his ideas from. No, uh, I don't Naked. Naked is his most famous film. Um, I've seen that. It's, okay. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, because he wanted to show the realism of the characters and their relationship. Not saying all British people act this way, but it's a very British cinema way of showing human relationships. If that makes sense. Yeah. To, well, to get the feelings across of 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 of, of reality of a relationship. Sure, I definitely yeah. got that from this. They made sure that this whole thing was grounded in reality until it gets to a point in this movie, Gene, where I, I mm-hmm. it did, it legit had me guessing the whole time. I'm like, are we going full blown supernatural or are we going, or are we just going cult? I really didn't know where we were going about, I'd say 35 minutes into the movie. I was really guessing at where we were going, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and it took turns that took me away from shit and then back towards it later. I'm like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is even happening? It, it, yeah. It, but they, I feel like that is the reason that, like you say, th- that type of directing exists. That first third of the movie is him making sure you understand we're grounded in reality on some yes. level. This Absolutely. is, whether it's supernatural, quote unquote, or not, yeah. it's still real. Yeah. So when you leave reality, it's that much more shocking and jarring. Yeah. 100%, 100%. All right. Now, a few drinks later, 
and Shell and Jay are they're good friends again, laughing and cuddling outside with Gal and Fiona, whilst he sits back into his chair to relax, telling stories to the group. They're all laughing away. Now, however, during this scene, this is the first, as you mentioned, supernatural there, something isn't quite in the realm of reality, is where Fiona, she goes into the bathroom upstairs and she looks into the mirror. She then takes the mirror off and carves a cross with a triangle on it, a very esoteric looking symbol into the back of the mirror. Uh, ba, 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 ba. The image first shown at the very start of the film, opening credit, yeah, you see it. It's a very, that's a very old occultic style symbol. Very, very old, like, like Druid type shit. Yes. Um, and, and, yeah. and Masonic, like you see that type of thing, in very old cults and, and occult behavior, which I, mm-hmm. I think was very purposeful. I, I And to, to jump ahead slightly, I felt that from that. And then when I saw the specifically what their masks are made of, clearly yeah. this is a HP Lovecraft old gods type of vibe yeah. that they're going for here. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, And I wanted to point out as well something that, because it plays into the unraveling of the film later on, Fiona talks about what she does for work at the dinner table, how she's Mm in HR, human resources. Right. Um, Because another thing that comes into play is the recession, the 2007-2008 recession and how economically that has disrupted the domestic sphere. That's why Shell wants him to go to get to work because no one's got any fucking money, not just us. The job, you know, job market's shit. You're not going to get a regular job. This is the only type of work you can get. So that plays a big part of it. She's in human resources. Jay starts niggling at her. So you just fire people. You give them the sack. Oh, it's not purpose. I go in and uh, I go and deforce extra- the extraneous workforce office corporate bullshit language. Yeah, yeah, it is personal. People have families. Da da da. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. funny. That's another thing I just realized. That's something that makes a lot more sense. Her saying she's an HR, considering who we find out she is. That's yeah, that's. Uh-huh, I, yeah. I did not put that together until right now. I gotta rewatch this fucking movie, man. You do, you do. And considering Listen. fucking what they later, you know, that they are hitmen. What do they do? They basically fire fucking people. So that's what you do all day. And then they start laughing, and then he has his fucking breakdown. You know. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Good point. It, it's the prelude of this film within that scene, and I understand that it took twenty minutes to set this up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she then picks up the tissues Jay used uh, to wipe his cut while shaving in the mirror. That's when Sam comes in and gives him a scare. Blood there. So you automatically think, okay, there's an occultic uh, esoteric symbol. She's getting blood from tissues for some sort of spell, to put it simply she later on. them in her bra or something like she- that. She stuffed them in the bra. Then she gives a little kind of witchy smirk to the mirror. What's up with this broad? <laughs> and and she's unusual looking as well. Not saying she's ugly, but she's unusual no. looking. Yeah, she yeah. is unusual looking, and she does a good job of looking coy and nervous and unsure and uncomfortable mm-hmm. and all these things, and also somehow sure of herself all at once. Yes, exactly. Being the the fourth wheel, as it were, because we know these other characters from previous. Yep. 
but then also you realize that she is a presence in this room that will come up later. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, um, yeah, so the dinner goes, it goes, it goes fine from there on in until the very end where they drive off. They, um, Jay and Gal have a little tussle for the keys so Gal doesn't drive away drunk. Uh, they get a taxi, I'm guessing 2008 England, maybe an Uber, I don't know, doesn't matter. I, I, I um, have to say something, because they fight a couple of times, I'm just going to say this, I hate when those two fight. They fight like fucking bitches, dude. <laughs> yeah. I fucking hate that shit. I've had motherfuckers tell me this shit, and I'm not trying to be on some tough guy shit, but I've had a lot of people that, oh, I'm fucking, if we go to the ground, I'm like, well, I'm not going to the ground, motherfucker. You're going to the ground, and you're going to stay there, and I'm going to walk away. And the last person that said that to me, that's literally what happened. He used to be a friend of mine. Whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> not not tough guy shit, man. But you. if you want to keep friends, you don't want to do that because one of you will go to the ground, and then it's just not cool anymore, man. I'm saying, man, I would never like. I would never. Terry's one of my oldest friends. I would never hit Terry with a fucking coffee mug. It's a dick move. I, it's a pussy I, move too. If I really, if Terry and I are mad at each other, we gotta punch each other. We'll punch each other. But if he, oh, I will the totally deck, never hit you with a coffee mug or mug either, if, man. That, if you hit the deck, we're done. <laughs> If, if you hit the deck or I hit the deck, ain't nobody kicking anybody. Ain't nobody gonna fucking hit somebody with a coffee mug in a headlock like like some bitches. These guys are fucking goofy. Start. Yeah, I got it. No, 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 it's fair. It's fair, 100%. Um, now, before we finish the dinner party, though, I must point out that Jay does agree to do the job, of course, when he's sulking in the garage, yeah, before they make he makes up with Shell. Um, and they go over the details. It's, it's a local job, uh, UK, local job, three on the list, three on the hit list, the kill list. Um, I liked the moment where he pulls out, I'm not sure what type of gun, what it was some sort of heavy duty automatic rifle um, that uh, Jay and Gal are looking at, which Shell actually bought, which I found interesting. She was complaining about money before. Does that suggest like she had set this up, the job, she got the, she got the arsenal uh, set up to begin with? It could also suggest that as many people do, she is better with fucking money somehow. Saw this coming because he was being such a bitch and set mm -hmm. money aside, invested it somehow, squirreled mm -hmm. it away as it were. You know, coffee mm -hmm. tin on top of the fridge type money. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Either way, she's done the that. boss. Either way, she's she the, the boss. boss. And that's why, that's why he got pissed in the first place, man. And also, she's the most... She's the best looking lady in this whole movie by a long shot. Like, she's gorgeous, dude. She's and, a very pretty lady. Yeah. And anybody that knows me outside of my wife, I am not into white women. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that woman, and I really, I don't think I've ever dated a blonde haired, blue eyed anything, but she's gorgeous, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's the Scandinavian thing that she has, definitely. Yeah, the, the right. Nordic thing, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Which um, my, yeah, she... my wife also is, producer LB, who sometimes helps with this show a little bit. Um, yeah, she's, my wife's Austrian and, and uh, what is it, Norwegian. So she's a, oh. she's my height. She's a tall broad that'll probably fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to LB. Okay, um, now after the dinner party, 
they basically go and see the client. Yeah, every job has a client. Client's an interesting motherfucker. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> client's an interesting motherfucker. Um, he is very, uh, ooh, um, what's, how would you put him? He is a, a member of the elite. Uh, yeah, yeah. British, he's, he's very, British style. Yeah. He's very Masonic. He's very old world Masonic, you know, uh, like, um, like that. What's the, they made a movie of it and it was, uh, it was Alan Moore uh, from hell. He's very, mm -hmm. he's very, uh, uh, you know, turn of the century, prim and proper British fucking Masonic level. Uh, never fucking, he never, he never shows one emotion in that entire movie. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, coy smiles is not the you know moving your lips to show emotion is not the same thing as showing emotion. He smiles dryly here and there. Yes, absolutely. But um, he never raises his voice. He never gets angry. Yeah, I think he's very. Um, yes, it's a very very stuffy British. Uh, yes. Old world way of 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 emotion and way of of of. of uh, conducting yourself yes very prim and proper very gentlemanly in a very english way but he is very white very cold very sallow almost netherworldly looking because sure. of the white hair as well the platinum white hair as well just to paint a picture of him um they do go in with guns because Gal says you don't know who's in there. So let's, you know, let's tool up before we go in, uh, which was probably a good move because sound um, advice. he's, yeah, sound advice because the client says to him, um, you come uh, uh, with, uh, you come strongly recommended. Um, Gal says uh, it's, uh, it's well deserved. Good to hear, grabs a knife, cuts his wrist, and it just says necessary slice. And it slices his hand properly open as well. Um, Gal points out the gun, points out the client, uh, but the client pays no heed, no attention, and slices his own wrist, puts it on the contract blood packed blood contract is sealed yeah um and then basically just um and there's a whole bunch of english pounds on the table money is given leaves the room jay and gal are going what the fuck just happened because it was just like that pretty much and gal, well, you know? I, I don't know if you, i think you left this out gal pulls that fucking gun on that old white man real yeah. quick when he cuts his real voice. Quick, yeah and and that motherfucker was not shook on any level. He's like, no, I don't give yeah. a fuck. And he had no backup. He didn't give a fuck. He's like, you ain't gonna do shit. Because what we're getting into is true believer territory. This is somebody. This is suicide bomber shit. This is I believe so wholeheartedly. You're that I'm fine flying planes into fucking buildings. I'm fine, you know, kam kamikaze pilots type shit. You know what I mean? He's like, right. I believe. I believe, I have my faith, you can't fucking stop me. And that motherfucker doesn't, he's not even sweating one fucking bead. And also knows, he also knows, like, I don't even have to say it. You, you, everyone's going to die if you fucking shoot. Like, yeah. He gives that vibe so heavily, man. He does give that vibe um, so heavily, 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 <laughs> heavily, definitely. Yeah, sure. Um, 
Um, one thing I wanted to say, though, as well, he does mention Kiev is he, as well. He says, oh, Kiev, I heard Kiev was stormy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's yeah. just letting them know, you know, and, and he goes to his buddy, hey, like he mentioned Kiev, you know, like he knows. Uh, well, of course he knows. He fucking, you know, he checked us out. He did his background homework. He knows what we are. He's hiring us for this job. Yeah, he's still sealing this shit with a blood contract, man. Mm-hmm. And he's doing that psychological, I just want you to know that I know that you know that I know, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, ain't, yeah. ain't nothing I fucking missed, motherfucker. I did my fucking homework on it. Right. So yeah. If I know yeah. about your fucking secretive job gone wrong in Kiev, that means I know where your kid goes to school too, motherfucker. That's what he's trying to get across. There we go. There we go. 100%. 100%. And that unravels throughout the film how much they do know this guy as well, definitely. Uh, Now, the first client, uh, the first victim on the kill list is known as the priest. And you get the title card that comes up as well. Uh, This does delineate itself. The the victims are delineated this way throughout the film. So the the first title card is the priest. Yeah, I've noticed Uh, this, uh, Baron. You you do like chapters in your films. I do, don't I? (laughs) Interesting, (laughs) actually. Whether whether they're unevenly marked or not, you like chapters in your fucking movies, pal. <laughs> strange, strange. You yeah, like that the is title true. Cards coming up for sure, man. I do like the title cuts. Weird, weird. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, now the priest. Yeah. Now we discover that. Uh, well, it was mentioned before, actually, at the dinner table at the beginning that Gal is—he's religious and a very. I'm sure well, Gal's Irish. This. Gal's Irish. Yeah, he's Irish. So yeah, that, yeah. That, that that was obviously done on purpose. Because mm-hmm. being an Irishman myself, I'm American Irish, but yeah, they get into the IRA and they talk about the well, the, his girl. What's his girl's name? I can't remember. Um, Fiona. Fiona. She, yep. Fiona. She she says, you know, oh well, they're the same religion, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, like, yo, man. And and he's trying to be a good guy about it, but you can tell he's fucking smoldering over oh, that shit. He's really upset about it, man. And the Swedish girl don't know what's going on. There are some high politics that go on within like, it takes it a while, but then within like 45 seconds, that conversation at the table just changes over, man. And it sets everyone up. It switches gears real fucking quick. And they skipped one or two on the way to the high gear. Um, but yeah, that's where you kind of get this. Clearly he is an IRA sympathizer on some level. Mm-hmm. Therefore he would be Catholic. So we're now dealing with the priest and he, I, I'm gonna let you take it, but clearly he's got some, some apprehension about this. He's got some apprehension about this, definitely. And we have a little bit of foreshadowing by Jay as well. So he's probably been, he's probably been uh, fiddling kids. Uh, so he probably deserves it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, that's any, if that's any consolation, but well, that's a little that's bit of foreshadowing. That is that they say things like that. They say, well, probably, and maybe he did this. And they're, they're adding a narrative to justify what they're doing on some level. I don't yes, think they, they do. I don't think Jane needs it, but I think your man no. Gal does. And so that is one thing. Like, look, man, I'm never gonna fucking cry about a priest getting popped. I don't give a shit if you did anything or not. 
in a movie. Uh -huh. but, mm -hmm. but at mm -hmm. the same mm -hmm. time, they don't ever bring to light if that priest ever did anything foul. But somebody yeah. wants it dead. They don't say, it's like, you, you. of course you might think, well, he's probably banging kids. Well, that's not necessarily true. We don't no, know. It's not. There is no yeah. proof. There's not even anything that really hints at it other than your no. man speculating that it's possible, which it is yeah. possible, but it's possible for anybody to do that. You just have to be the biggest piece of shit in the world to do it. So what we have here is them justifying some shit and the movie itself never clarifies what that motherfucker did at all. <laughs> and so Gal is true. just left clipping this priest and left mm -hmm. to deal with his Catholic guilt, which, by the way, I'm Irish. Catholic guilt's a motherfucker. I'm mm -hmm. over it now, mm -hmm. but still. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, on that note, though, what did we all think of Reverend as well? Because it was a humorous scene, no doubt, however you look at it. They're, have a, they're in the hotel. Uh, they're having dinner where they're trying to have a peaceful dinner together, but then we have the new age Christian group. Oh, oh. <laughs> that, I love this, man. I love that, this, man, because, like, I don't get the fucking Catholic guilt. I don't understand that shit. But, like, I went to a Christian school for a while. And, okay. And, like, the, the, the youth leader with the guitar... And this motherfucker pulling the goddamn guitar out and playing Kumbaya, that's going to set anybody off. And they were literally sent there mm -hmm. to kill the guy. In so, a restaurant, dude. In with a no restaurant? one else. Yeah. Way out of line. That's so fucking rude. It's unbelievable. It's out of line, but this is the thing, is that it portrays that character and it makes you start to relate with the two main hitmen you know because before that you're not going to really relate to them but you you see these guys and you're like okay they're going to go do a job and then it completely justifies why they do the job well you also see you also see a change in uh in our guy not, son of a bitch i forgot his name not gal the other jay. fellow the jay, thank jay. you jay mm -hmm. uh so you see jay in a whole new light for the first time because before this you're like, yeah, clearly he's up to some foul shit slightly, and he was in the army, and he's a little salty, and maybe he's got a problem with this, that, and the other thing. But he still could just be a fucking square with an anger problem. But you sure. see the gangster come out in him when he fucking snatches that guitar from that dickhead. Mm -hmm. I, I do like that they clearly left the guitar untuned when they did it like <laughs> it was bad it's bad and i'm like i absolutely would have done nearly the same thing i probably wouldn't have been as big of a dick about it but i definitely would have made sure physically made sure that stopped that's not okay like it's it's not okay it's not okay and i was waiting watching it going is this going to be by bitter violence is he going to smack him around the head with it because if he had it would have been a hundred percent and yeah. honestly yeah. i was thinking about i'm like i don't know how violent this movie gets but i'm like this might be my bit of violence only because i mean you could call it's it's a violent move to throw the guitar on the ground the way he did and snatch it from him that could count but i'm like no it gets better um, oh, the violence! Mm, yeah, <laughs> ramps. That's that's just yeah. And also, turning the keys that, and the ignition. That scene, I swear to God, that's Guy Ritchie shit. Like the whole the dialogue. Yeah. Not the not the shooting necessarily, but the dialogue and the attitude. 
from all of the all three characters involved the 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 minister or whatever you want to call him um and the dumbfounded orange juice drinking dickheads at the table with him the main antagonist and then his homeboy who's still got his back but is apologizing in this backhanded way that's very and egging him on and egging him on at the same time definitely and then they do it was that was that is like, get a round of drinks for them, please. Uh, double orange juices for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then they do a little gangster walk down the hallway as well, smirking at each other and stuff. Very good. Yeah, their elbows were sticking a little farther out when they were walking after yeah. that fucking thing. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but then things get a bit more serious after that because we pretty much have the hit. Um, we don't see anything bad about the priest, as you were saying. The worst that he does is smokes a cigarette after sermon out the back of the church. Yeah, seems like a pretty standard, you know, priest in a small suburban town in England. Yeah. So let me ask yeah. you about this. So there's two instances of this. We'll get into the second one when we get to it. But he tells him that he tells the priest to turn around when he shoots him, right? Yes. And the priest thanks him. Is yes. he thanking him for shooting him or for letting him turn around or both or what? Well, that's where the mystery of this film starts, begins. Yeah, because um, they've set up the top. Um, Gail's done a Hail Mary beforehand. They've set up the top. Uh, Jay's in the cupboard or whatever, waiting for them to come in. The Priest wardrobe. He's in, in the wardrobe. Wardrobes. Thank you. Sees, sees the top. Stops and looks at it. Then we cut to Jay uh, with his pistol sticking out of the wardrobe. It says, turn around. The priest calmly, calmly turns around and then looks straight at Jay and says, thank you. Like, then he turns around, he catches one to the dome. But this is the thing that gets me. Mm -hmm. That is indicative to me of the priest is, I don't know if it's because he doesn't want to see himself be shot. That doesn't make sense, honestly, because it's instantaneous. So mm -hmm. him, he walks in that room and sees that plastic on the table over his desk mm -hmm. in the floor, turns and sees Jay holding a silenced nine to his fucking face. And he says, thank you, only after he tells him to turn around. But that to me is indicative of the fact that he is tortured by something he's done. Meaning okay. he probably does deserve to die. That's just personal opinion. I see it okay. in the attitude and the, and the cinematography. I see it more in how he seems at peace. He's confused for a very short time and then at peace, seeing the plastic on the ground and then looks at your man, Jay, and he's going, and he's never shocked, never shocked. I didn't consider that layer because when you're watching this for the first time, your automatic thought is, well, the way it's set up, you're triggered to think that, okay, you're not going to shoot me in my face. I get to turn around. Yeah. So thank you for that. Then the mystery unravels where other people thank him throughout the film. And Jay's going, what the fuck are you all thanking me for? But we'll get into that. Um, but then there's that as well. Thank you. I can, um, for I can get away from what I've done. I can be at some sort of peace now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's, that, that's interesting. That is interesting. Oh, wait a um, minute. I see. I think I see what you're driving at. We may have to wait to, to address this till later. Huh? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. You know okay. what I'm saying? 
I think I see a new angle now as well. So, okay, cool. Okay. I mean, let's keep going. Okay. Let's keep going. Okay, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. And uh, Jay puts a bullet through his head after Priest says, thank you. Now, if we've done with the priest, the next is the librarian. And this is where things get darker. The violent ra- violence oh. ramps the fuck up. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're staking out the librarian who just comes out of a warehouse here when they see him. Um, and then Jay says, I want to go see what is in that warehouse before we take this guy out. And they go into the warehouse and they walk in. There's a few shelves with a few porno magazines. And he goes, Ah, oh, it's a wank bank. You don't get killed right. for having a wank wank bank. You know what I mean? And then there's the suge- suggestion is he in the porn industry? No, not enough material, not enough what, content. What not was that? Product. There was like a real to was it a real to real that was there that they I ended up so. looking at? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So Jay, sorry, Gail sits down and looks at the reel to reel. He plays. He's watching some footage. Uh, you hear some inhuman screaming, just pure suffering for about 20 seconds. And then Jay gets right. Gail turns it straight off. Oh, you don't want to look at that, mate. You don't want to look at that. And Jay yeah, goes, was, ha- was it Gal? I thought it was Jay watching the movie. He was like sobbing and like going to throw up. <laughs> Gal watches it first and says, you don't yeah. want to see that, mate. And then Jay then says, well, I, I have to look at it now. Yeah? Yeah. And that, he takes the first 30 seconds because it's basically just playing right there in front of him. And he's just like, oh, holy fuck. It takes about, yeah, 30 seconds. And he's like, you do not want to watch that. And then you get Jay's reaction, which is like That's an immediate right. fucking disgust, which is obviously this is the hor- most horrible shit ever that you could ever see. He for real looks like he's going to, I mean, in real life, looks like he's going to be sick. He yeah, looks like absolutely. he's going to be sick. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and also keep in mind, Gal switches it off pretty much straight away. Jay, what continues to watch? Yeah, he continues to watch. And like he says later on, I always like looking at fire watching fire burn when we think yeah 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 yeah. i didn't put that together Mm -hmm. i was i knew there was something deeper when he said that as a kid i always like to look at fire yeah so Ah, if you yeah 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 it's it's the whole it's a train wreck and it's terrible but and i shouldn't be watching but i can't look away yeah there is a predilection of for violence and darkness within Jay, which is slowly starting to be revealed. And this is a, a major moment and, of that, yeah? And ramping up quite yeah, a yeah. bit. Which, can and we talk about, can we talk about yes, the violence let's, now? Let's get there. And my God, does it ramp up because, um, uh, yeah, Jay is on a mission now and they go to the librarian's house with Gal and um, yeah. <laughs> the librarian librarian is dealt to they question him for a bit not long before jay starts getting into the torture gal goes upstairs where's the safe where's the money etc he sees a bunch of files which um which first show that uh the client and his cronies whoever whatever they may be uh have been watching these two for a while um and did you spot the symbol on the file folder i did yeah yep Yep, there you go. Yeah. And wasn't um, and one of the wasn't one of the files? Didn't it say Kiev or? Yep. Okay. I think it was this moment or later on, but I think you're right. But no, yeah, the, maybe it's later on. It's the same files, but Gal took them with him. 
and he's yes. drinking and and looking at these files something yeah, yeah later yeah, on yeah. He, gal like opens it up and he realizes that they've been fucking following him and all that shit right because it was yeah, yeah, but it was yeah. from the, the the fucking pedophile librarians spot yes yeah. yes there we go thank you that's it that's it that said, just to, you know, um, build up the unraveling narrative, Jay is left alone with uh, the librarian. Take it away, fellas. What did you think of this so, thing? We got to talk about this because my favorite bit of violence comes in here. Um, Same. <laughs> there's, I figured as much. Terry, is your favorite bit of violence in this as well? Or I mean, later? I kind of, you know how I do, man. You know I got to come up with some bullshit answer. So okay, other fine. than that, I really like this part. Okay, save it for later. <laughs> okay, save it for later. But this so, is so mine as well, definitely. My, so he, what does he do? He fucking, he hammers his hands on the table. Um, I'm trying to remember everything that he does. Uh, he ends up bashing his entire brains in. Uh, oh, the skull, dead. the skull, man. The it's hammer dead. smash skull. Jesus oh, Christ. Heavy. But <laughs> my favorite bit, my favorite bit is when he fucking hammers his knees. Mm -hmm. That shit was okay i honestly i if you yeah. give me a choice between one or the other i would tell you to hit me in the head with a hammer as opposed to my knees mm -hmm. i would rather be hit anywhere than my knees dude that shit is gnarly um and he fucking he he fucking really goes to town with a tomahawk with that fucking hammer on his knees and that fucking but the guy's a pedophile so i mean i was just watching it like this is great like right. like i don't like that type of violence when it's done to somebody that doesn't deserve it when they do fucking really genuinely deserve it it makes me smile and i was ha i was just smiling my like <laughs> i was laughing out loud when that and shit happened Absolutely. That's the thing, man, is that they're hating on both of these characters up until now. Like, and Jay is obviously like, uh, we really don't really like him, but then he beats the shit out of a pedophile, and you're like really amped on the fact that that finally happens, and you're like, okay, like you start to sway at this point, and it's the second act, and you're like, okay, man, we're gonna take out this guy. We got the fucking proof and everything. There is no question about how much this guy needs to be tortured, you know? Absolutely. And yeah, the knees, the knees shots are just, they're brutal. And it's probably all fucking sound effects or whatever, but still those knee shots hurt. 100% yeah. my fucking favorite. And the way they made it look literally just under the pants. Like they made it look like mm -hmm. the bones were separating and the cartilage was popping out. Mm -hmm. Like they they did a really good job with that in kind of a uh, old school. I don't want to use this word, but I feel like in a cheap way. Like doesn't cheap doesn't mean bad, just meaning it's effective and cost effective at the same time. It gets the point across. But they did something with whatever the makeup was under those pants. And it looked like shit was separating and getting fucked up, which is mm -hmm. what happens when you take a goddamn ball peen hammer to somebody's fucking kneecaps. Um, yeah. And fucking ped pedophiles don't need knees. Now they got 50% less knees to do pedophile shit with. Fuck that motherfucker. Absolutely. Um, Unless you take both of their knees out, and if you take both of their knees <laughs> out, then they got 100% less knees to do pedophile shit with. Yep, that's that math. That math absolutely tracks. I'm with you. 
Absolutely. We've got to remember this is this is a guy who helped. He is a part of creating footage that makes a hitman who has been to Iraq cry. Yeah. 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 This is how yeah, fucked <laughs> this whole situation is. And now yeah. and now this is where we got we got to talk about because as we talked about the priest saying thank you. Yes. This is the second person that thanks him. Ah, every not time, just, he, not no. once. Every time something gets yes. broken, he breaks his fucking fingers, then he breaks his hand, then he breaks his arm, then he breaks his knees, and he mm -hmm. fucking he mm -hmm. beats the fuck. I mean, he hits this cat in the most painful, irreversible spots of all earth, and this motherfucker says thank you in between every fucking one of them. Everyone, absolutely, and not only does he not only just thank him he also says to him says to jay referring to gal does he know who you are he doesn't does he and then he says i'm before he comes back i just wanted to say i'm glad that i met you jay has been marked like when fiona put the symbol on the mirror to show that jay is a marked one yeah oh. right. yeah. yeah yeah so is this so the new angle I'm seeing here? I just want to start exploring new angles, like I'm watching mm -hmm. this movie for the second time right now. Mm -hmm. I said what I said earlier about the priest, right? About the uh, the thank you, right? Well, now mm -hmm. I'm starting to think maybe the priest and this fucking guy are both in on the thing. They're being controlled yes. by this, this this by the client, yeah, right, by the client, and they're happy to be out done with the contract. They're Even happy to go up and get hanged, man. They're like they're into it, dude. Even if it means death, or it, or that's the other thing. Is it that they are true believers as well, and just mm -hmm. wearing the clothes of whatever mm -hmm. they need to wear to do it, and yes. they are happy to be going to the next level to, for, for to put it into perspective, for you know uh, what the Americans said about Islamic terrorists and their seventy-two virgins. That shit's not necessarily true. I'm just trying to paint a parallel. That's um, that's that's a good parallel. That's a good parallel. It's some true believer afterlife shit. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. And they are they are happy to be a part of this ritual. And this whole job is part of the ritual that is played out to completion at the end of the film. These are two. Uh, what's the word? Not neophytes. Well, neophytes could be a way to put it, but they're playing their part of the ritual. Yeah, I feel like neo is is incorrect only because, like I said, I feel this is a very old. This is yes. something that goes yes, back you're so right. far. Yeah, neo yeah, implies yeah. new. So. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. You remember at the uh, not to jump ahead, but at the end, there's a whole bunch of people walking. Yeah, along. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to they're, get into the. As no. the reverend of this group, I gotta say, man, as the religious leader of this fucking group, of the three of us, I gotta say, you know, um, that I'm gonna wait <laughs> until the end of the fucking film to reflect upon the religious connotations that are okay. inscribed therein. Because we yep. really gotta get through it to be even come close we do. to what's we going do. on with this. We, we gotta get to revelations before you can start commenting on, on the meaning of the whole book. I'm with exactly. you. Yeah, but you get what I'm hinting at. Yeah, though you get oh, what yeah. I'm hinting oh. at. Cool, fantastic, fantastic. All right, so that's the librarian is out of the way. Needless to say, he's done. Dunsky. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, da, 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 excuse me a moment as I get back to where I was. 
Now, yes, okay. Jay has asked who um, they asked the librarian who films this shit. Yeah, where's the production crew at? Then they go off to deal to the production crew. Jay says, "Give me twenty minutes." Goes inside. Gals outside waiting. And my God, he does deal to the production crew. Oh, I love it. (laughs) That's almost made when he the second one where Gal finally gets downstairs and he literally takes that guy's face off by smashing it into the wall over and over, that almost made my favorite bit of violence. It's the runner-up. It's the so runner-up. I, so I love it. And, and his reaction, what are we going to do with him? And he just never takes his eyes off Gal and just puts three in that motherfucker. I'm just like, ah! I fucking love Jay now. Like Jay, I, I'm totally converted. That's my man. I love him. That's, what about when that's Gal- the thing that this is a, a ride in the character profile of Jay? He's the main fucking character. He's going up and down, and he starts fucking super low in anyone's opinion at the beginning of this film. You're like, this guy kind of sucks, man. Like, why? Why is this guy kind of suck? And then you're like, okay, he's a hitman. He, uh, he kind of still sucks too because he's fucking hitman. But now he's a pedophile killer. Okay, let's we'll fucking turn the page here a little bit, man. And uh, yeah, man, we're almost to the third act and it is going to completely change. And uh, whatever. Tragedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I loved when he first came in as well and goes, oh, it was that 20 minutes. <laughs> a little bit right. of pressure thrown in. That, um, yeah, was that 20 minutes? And then he hits him one more time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Once again, once again, that's very English gangster film style. That's very Guy Ritchie. That's very, yeah. uh, I'm trying to remember, there's yeah. another English gangster film director I can't think of right now. Anyway, anyway. Yep, yep, yep. All good, all good. Um, I wanted to point out a couple of moments here. I'm not sure if this is just me. I have watched this film like four times, five times now. Um, When they first go into the hotel, when they're dealing with the priest, there is a client-looking dude who walks behind them, who enters the frame. You don't see his face behind either Jay or Gal at one point. When Gal is waiting outside, drinking the juice box, waiting for Jay to deal with the pedophile fucks inside, a black uh, car, you know, um, that type of unknown identity, we are staking you out, black car, is behind their car and sits there for a good couple of minutes a good minute or so in frame ben wigley's not a director who would just have a car sitting in the background for no reason the detail is of key that that guy clearly pays attention to every pixel on the screen yeah he's not fucking playing any goddamn games um, we've seen the photos that are kept in the safe for the librarian, yeah, of uh, Jay in particular in Kiev. They're being staked out and watched and observed this whole time, even as they're going to deal with the people, you know, who are part of this whole thing, perhaps, at this stage. Just pointing out that out there, they're being watched the whole time. And um, and then after that, uh, once the uh, production crew is dealt with, that's where Gal says, uh, you've got to clean up, you've got blood all over your face. They burn the bodies, yeah? Um, and then we see Jay looking into the fire as he used to love to do as a kid, yeah? And, and, and once again, I feel like with the edit, for a character crossroads here, you're, I feel like you're seeing Jay ramp up further and further 
go back into his lunacy and the violence and he's allowing his anger to get the job done Mm -hmm. whereas gal is receding back and getting more and more nervous worrying more and more about honestly it seems like he's worried about his afterlife at this point he's he's worried about his soul whereas whereas your man fucking jay is losing he's shedding all of it and he's like i don't give a fuck about nothing like i want this fucking job over with but also i have legitimate pure and perfect hatred for all these people that we're fucking dealing with right now maybe that's Mm -hmm. because he wants it over with and it's getting in the way of him being with his family maybe that's because no there's obvious reasons like they're fucking pedophiles you know but there's other things as well like it's like these people didn't necessarily do anything to him or anyone he cares about and he doesn't have feelings for people very much but yet here he is furiously tearing them apart like a fucking silverback gorilla he's become and yeah. whereas whereas our man gal is receding back and actually becoming unwilling to help his fucking homeboy who is a his fucking best friend b the guy he's doing the job with he's becoming increasingly unwilling to help him clean up the job you know like they're going in different directions man yeah, absolutely. No, and, and you see Sal, and he's like, it's this reaction of Sal to the character that Jay is becoming. Because we haven't seen, we don't know what fucking happened in Kiev. We don't know any of the previous military involvement that these two have had. But we only we know that it was see, traumatic. Yeah, we know it's traumatic, but we see that Sal is like, wow, this guy kind of goes off the handle it all the time. And Jay completely starts to escalate and he's like he starts to question that that first dinner that first dinner that we have to introduce the characters you know yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i feel this is being manipulated the whole time jay has been manipulated the whole time to uh so then so the powers that be are making sure he is worthy as well sure yeah yeah, so you've got Lay, multiple narratives, multiple things happening at the same time, yeah? There's de- there's definitely an element that makes the whole thing the entire time. You know, did you ever see that movie with fucking that Michael Douglas called The Game? Yeah, 100%. There's, yeah, David There's Fincher. elements of that here where it's like, just it seems like it's one big esoteric test of some kind. You yeah. know? Nicely put, nicely put, nicely put. And on along those lines of uh, an esoteric test and manipulation as well, in the far background, we have Fiona visiting Shell, giving gifts to Sam, the kid, and that sort of thing. And don't forget uh, when Jay is beginning to lose his mind, I'm not sure what point of the plot this, is, this happens in, he looks out the window and then sees Fiona waving at him like a blurry, glary-eyed fan. From, from, from his hotel room, yeah, which yes, is across the yeah. street, wearing all yeah. white and shit. Yeah, yeah. And this man. is right after. Like, I feel like this is where he's starting to fucking lose it because mm-hmm. your man is a not be. Remember, fucking his wife talks to him, so clearly she knows what he does for a living. Mm-hmm. She talks to him on the mm-hmm. phone. She's like, "Was it clean?" He's like, "Yeah, of course it was clean." Well, then the next murder is clearly he's he's killing motherfucker. Like he kills the priest with plastic and a gun 
a silenced gun at that. And no one was even in the fucking church. But he was just mm-hmm. being extra careful. The next murder, he's fucking yeah. swinging yeah. a tomahawk yeah. at everybody. Yeah. Like, he don't give a fuck what happens. And mm-hmm. he's now driving away from that murder. The very next hit, he's driving away with brains and fucking blood all over his fucking face. Like, he don't give a fuck. Driving yeah. down a major fucking metropolitan highway. Like, yep. like, it's no big deal that he has brain matter and fucking blood yeah. all over his I, A professional, so a professional, yeah. Right, he's changed. Like, he's he's slipped into, I don't even care anymore. This ain't about fucking, like, meaning that, like, he's not being professional. He's, yeah. he's, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, exactly. he's just acting on emotion and anger. Yeah, because he was triggered by that footage. That I think they knew how to trigger this motherfucker. Yeah, and that footage is the thing that did it, 100%. Because it did seem like they didn't load up a fucking reel-to-reel on the thing. It was already there. Yes. Waiting for Waiting, waiting for him, waiting for him, definitely. And in terms of camera work as well, and just the the formal way this has been shown in the film as well. Um, at the start of the film, you had quick cuts, handheld cinema verite style. This is real life. Um, that happens with the the violence as well, because that's just to get the close range impact. But when we see him looking at the fire, when we see him walking along after these kills, talking to Gal. Um, I forget the name of the style of cut, but we have the dialogue from a previous scene in the next, uh, already in the next scene, we have things starting to merge and to slip. Yeah, just like Jay's mind starting to merge and slip. So it's playing around with different filming styles to show the psychology as well. Sure. Um, Well, and also the movie gets darker. It literally gets darker. Yeah. The whole Until- fucking movie goes from yes. it's daylight outside and we're wearing yeah. white yeah. clothes to we're yeah. in a fucking, well, I'm just going to say it, they're in a goddamn sewer wearing torches on their head. Yes. I mean, yeah, you could, dark, yeah. Literally darker and darker yeah. and darker and darker. The whole shit. Yes. Yeah. So that's shown through the form and content of the film. It's and very, let's not forget. Very, this is very much uh, reminiscent of your house that Jack built in the the allegory of, of Dante's Inferno, quite honestly. Sure, absolutely, yeah, nice, nice. Um, just throw, before we get to the final act as well, the other symbols and metaphors that have been shown with the cat and the rabbit as well. Okay, yeah. I, I actually am, I was dying to know if you had any insight on that. Absolutely. Um, he eats the rabbit, yeah? Um, where Shell says the one that his cat brought him is that what you mean? Yes, yeah. yes, yep, yep. And uh, Shell says to throw it away, and he goes, "No, nah, no, nah, I'll cook it up with some onions and garlic. Tastes lovely." And he sits in the background, you know. Yes, on the domestic level, it's just he's getting one back at Shell in a fun, you know, innocuous way. But there's also dialogue that is said that is very uh, significant, where Shell says to Sam. Um, uh that uh the cat likes to daddy thinks the cat is giving us gifts um i think the cat just likes killing rabbits is jace is jay supporting his family or is he just like killing motherfuckers oh i just re- yeah i just put that together that's good okay yeah, and then yep yeah, go for it if i could prawn 
pontificate on this. Uh, I would <laughs> like to say that um, I have a very big uh, infatuation with our feline organ lords because of a parasite that is inside of my brain. Look at this. No one else can see this because it's an audio medium, but I'm going to pull out a pussy from in between my legs. <laughs> Oh, um, fantastic. Was that, wait, I didn't so, see. Was that Miko? Who was that? That was definitely Miko, man. He's okay. my podcast. He's the podcast. Um, podcast. This is the <laughs> thing about the cat situation and the rabbit situation. Is then when they first open up the movie, you see the cat walk by. Oh, they have a house cat. It's very fucking subtle. And then they get in the huge fucking fight, abracadabra, I'm a dick to my wife, he fucking destroys dinner and everything. What does the cat do? Jumps up on the table, and it's even funny because he fucking knocks over the little chef hat on the fucking lamb chop that's sitting up there that they were making jokes about before the situation got super serious and things went to shit. Those, right. are, those are actually called turkey frills. I was there a chef. Go. The, so, the turkey frills. Okay. So, so the cat's like, fuck you. I don't care about your fucking turkey frills. Cut to later on when we have the next cat scene, which is him killing the rabbit. The cat kills the rabbit. The cat kills the rabbit. That, that's the, the cat taking care of the fucking family because that's what cats do. My kitties, both of them kill shit all the time. And they live it on my fucking front doorstep. And it's awesome. So this cat's taking care of his family. That's cool. Next fucking scene. He gets super pissed and he's like, no, this is my meat and I'm going to eat this meat. Then later on, we have the kitty cat again hanging dead. Yes, the cat is killed. It's yes. a fucking analogy because that pussy, that pussy be taking care of him. Oh, uh -huh. yep. Oh, got it. No, I mean, like, seriously. Yeah, I see dude. it. I see it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm with you. He with is you. He is mm. emasculated by the cat. That this He is yep. a fucking trained assassin. He went to war, and he can shoot all these guns and shit. But that cat provided by his, for his family, yet still he felt so emasculated that he yep. needs to cook that animal and make it his own. Dude. Which is what he's doing to his wife. Who is the badass in the entire film? I'm gonna back you up even further on that because that's fucking brilliant. It Remember, is. It is. Like you said, your man, this fucking Kiki, is fucking providing for the family. And we talked. I talked about earlier my theory about him feeling somehow slightly emasculated by his fucking wife. Um, he also can't even go fucking shopping properly. We forget about that. <laughs> right that at the beginning, yeah. brought yeah. home 10 bottles of wine and no toilet paper. He didn't bring yeah. home any fucking food. He brought home 10 bottles of fucking wine. And 100 like, cans of tuna. <laughs> right. He can't even fucking go shopping properly. Yet the wife and the fucking cat can provide just fucking fine. Yeah. You're 100%. Fucking, I'm 100% with this fucking theory. And also... Look at how he lost his motherfucking mind with his best friend, like to the point where he threw him out of his house in the garage yeah. over yeah. the cat. He's like, motherfucker, that yeah. was my cat. And that dude's yeah. like, yo, it's a cat. And he's like, it's my cat, motherfucker. Where the fuck do you get off? Like he's heated with fucking gal yeah. in the fucking And what, what does he do to his friend later on? 
I can't cut over the head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, with the teacup? Um, yeah. Which fire <laughs> with, with the gun oh, to the head. That's what I'm talking about. This motherfucker. <laughs> um, and you know what? Just, the only reason that I got that entire analogy, I know you guys call me the reverend and everything, and I come up with a lot of religious fucking uh, intuitions and like <laughs> insights about these things, but there's a parasite in my brain that was like, that cat's going to be important. And it's an analogy for the entire fucking film. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, now, in terms of the narrative with the cat dying as well, the cat is killed by the client and his cronies as well because they want to get out of the job. They actually try and get out of the job before they go to the third person on the kill oh, list. Oh, that's right. That was yeah. before the cat died, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went and um, told him, yo, we're done. We've done half yeah. the job. We're yeah. done. Pay us for half the job or don't pay us or whatever, but we're done. And then the yes. cat is dead on the porch. Yeah, because Shell also suggests that we're compromised here, military language as well. Uh, perhaps we should get out of the job as well. Um, and then uh, the client says something very interesting. Yes, he says, no, it's your job. You're, if you try and leave, if you try and quit, you'll die. Your family will die. And then Gal says to him, how long have we how long have we been working for you which could be read in a couple of ways i read it as how long have we actually been working for you without us knowing it yeah and mm. and and then the client with well, the client just basically says you are cocks this is reconstruction so keep yeah, that, tur keep turning yeah that got me that got me i knew what he meant by that but, but like you said, with your cogs, that means you just do your fucking job. But I and also took, I took sorry. the I took the term or, or the turn of phrase, how long have we been working for you? I took that as them trying to humanize themselves to those people and not getting it back. Where they're trying sure. to say, we are your employees. We work for you. How fucking long have we worked for you? Okay, you sure. You see what I mean? I do. I, I think it could be read on both both levels. Yeah. I think that maybe both levels can exist, but yeah, I, I see it from your your, uh, 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 your your angle now, and I think that's fucking pretty brilliant. Yeah. Now, and going back to Fiona describing what she does for work, HR. Yeah. The um getting rid of extraneous workforce reconstruction there as well and he is the client is talking about reconstruction and it's obvious fiona's part of this by now as well just from waving outside the window in yeah. a white druidic gown yeah which by the way and the marking a, the symbol yep. even up to that point i'm like is this supernatural shit is this yeah, ghost yeah. is she fucking a ghost is she doing something sure. you know what i mean I'm like, 100%, 100%. I, I wasn't 100% sure until we find out at the end, you know, see what happens at the end. But go ahead. Which we are there now, which, and so we're at the third act, which switches into the folk horror part of the film. Absolutely. And the third client on the list is an MP, a Minister of Parliament. Mm -hmm. And this is, yeah, this is when things get fantastic because yeah, I love for, folk for, horror and this is brilliant, yeah. For our American listeners, MP, they're going to think military police every time. But That's why I said Minister of Parliament. This is a British Parliament. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, uh, Baron, for that. It's, it's Minister of Parliament, meaning think 
I mean, literally think Speaker of the House. And yeah, for our yeah. dumber American listeners, uh, <laughs> it's like the fancy mayor. <laughs> this isn't a Tim Burton movie we're talking about. <laughs> Everything in England is a Tim Burton ma- movie, man. I'm a fucking American. I don't know. You you want to know? You know, I'm gonna. Th- here's a hot take for you. I think Tim Burton's a fucking hack. I think he's a fucking dick face. I think. Uh, I mean, I enjoy a, a bunch of his movies. But I, I think he's a fucking, I think he's a hack. Mm. I think his his ideas are better in the hands of other people. Much like I do Bob Dylan. <laughs> I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. <laughs> um, okay. Now they go to the, um, uh, the Minister of Parliament lives out in the country in England. They separate themselves from the, the you know, the scum and their words of society. They live out in the country in mansions, basically, uh, you know, like huge. Uh, and they have huge properties where you'll be hunting fox, grouse, pheasant, etc. You know what I mean? It's very aristocratic. Yeah. Um, they go through a sewer system to begin with. We don't see it at the start, but they come out of it to their surrounding woodlands and set up camp for the night again doing the stakeout thing they basically make up you know sorry about smashing a teacup on your head mate yeah i love you're a fucking lunatic mate but i'll love you let's just leave it at that that's pretty much the exchange there they're good to go again they're a team again they wake up on the middle of the night to the whistling which has been hinted at throughout the score throughout and then they see the folk horror wicker man style procession yeah, with the banging drums, the straw no. mask. Wait it. a minute, you skipped something that we got to bring up because this is Please a recurring do. theme and it, they they fucking, to, to eat, they make tea and, and, and they're friends with each other and they're, you know, you know, being very fucking British about it and having a cup of tea and discussing, oh, sorry, I hit you with a fucking cup of tea, pal. But then they fucking kill and skin and cook yes and eat yes rabbits. thank you thank you yes there you go there you go that whole thing coming up again the rabbit thing and what we're looking at there is sacrifice ritual sacrifice yeah right that, yes 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 and that is that comes into play very very soon as well when we're talking about jay and gal okay so they see a group of men and women walk through the woods with torches some naked others in robes all with masks made out of straws one woman has a thorn crown which has been pulled down her face to cover her eyes causing them to bleed gal and jay follow them to an area surrounded by torches and a noose is attached to a wooden structure it's a gallows a gallows is set up a woman walks up in a beautiful dress very floral 60s hippie style uh pulls places the noose around her neck she then waves just like fiona did pretty much straight towards jay and gal she waves yeah spooky as fuck just uh, just as uh, you know just to say it's spooky as fuck absolutely that subtle subtle spookiness is my favorite thing ever this is like cults Mm -hmm. are my favorite thing in horror movies Children in the Corn is still one of my favorite series in horror because of the weird, bizarre yep. backwoods, yep. you can't understand their mentality cult shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm not mad at that at all. Uh, Malachi and Isaac, if my memory serves well, two of, well two of the done, scariest. Sir. 
two of the scariest kids in horror to this day. Believe absolutely. me, believe me, that's gonna be that's gonna be injected into this show at some point. Because that is a, that is a kind of like what has been called a second wave American folk horror as well. So very keen on that. Very keen on that. Okay. Uh, and then she uh, basically she before she waves before kicking the stool. She stood on as she struggles and uh, she is she's hanging, dying, and then golf claps. You know the, the British cult members giving a polite. Oh, I totally golf clapped clap. when that happened. As soon as it happened, like I love my wife was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Because she wasn't watching it with me or anything. My kid was running around, but I started clapping too. (laughs) Very British, very formal, very cult. Um, Now, Jay, um, triggered, if you will, once again. Boom! Straight up, starts firing. Gail does try and stop him. Can't. uh, He says, "There's too many of them." He just starts firing, yeah? Uh, And all the members chase. They give chase uh, to Jay and Gal. What I wanted to point out here is, yes, they give chase, but the inhuman, screeching, banshee-like howls that emanates from this cult, from these people. What did you guys think of that? During, wait, wait, oh, so which bit are we at? Um, she's uh, just when they're herself. like screaming, fucking running after him after right. they yeah. and there's the, already fucking oh, no, no, wait, oh, yeah. so after he's already popped shots and yeah. killed the priest. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sorry, I missed that bit. That, sorry, my bad. My bad. Yes. Then we see the high priest turn around to a Jesus Christ pose. Yeah, and he uh, he has a smile that is saying, "Thank you, take me" on his face as he's shot. Right. Yeah. Yes. Like he made he once again true believer shit. I yes. thought that was amazing. He just does this gimmick, and then they tear off after that motherfucker. What gets me? It, okay, so the the, the howl is mm-hmm. fucking terrifying. Yeah. But what gets me? Once again, I I've said it like nine hundred times, but I cannot stop saying it's the true believer aspect of it. It's the fact that this dude laid their big guy low and they tore off after him with knives, knowing what he has in his hands and that they can't see him yet. And he lays low like five, six, seven, ten of them. And they just keep coming Mm -hmm. and don't break stride because they're like, no, we're going to end. This is, it's fine if we die. It's fine if we die, but... If we can, we're going to get to this motherfucker and carve him up like a Christmas goose because yep. that is also in line with what we want to do. Like, it's, yep. it's, a, it's fucking hor- True believers in real life are the most horrifying people to me on the earth. Yeah, and it's done yeah. really well. Like, literally, this director was like, go out there and destroy your lungs and your throat and make it the loudest noise you possibly can to produce the fucking scream. And that it sound works. is awful. Like, it, yeah, it's, it's got- awful. It's discordant. It's fucking, you know, nails on a chalkboard. And all yeah, you can dissident. do is, yeah. It's dissident as fuck. And I, I, I will say this. I firmly believe that was done by professional people in a studio um, yeah. that know how to control their voice i mean you can scream you can scream and yell 
and do death metal vocals and not destroy your voice. Or you yeah. can be a dickhead like that fuck. And here's another one. I'm going to probably lose us listeners. I don't know. I'm sorry. That fuck face Phil Anselmo from Pantera. Uh, the fuck. Ringer, that fucking asshole sounds like a fucking, he, he sounds like he fucking ate a block of cheese and smoked seven packs of cigarettes and a bowl of meth every day. It's because he doesn't know how to fucking sing without fucking up his vocals. So you've got people that know how to do that. And I think that those people, the proper people were brought in to do that. Um, yeah, I I'm do think you. that was, that was well orchestrated, but I don't think it was done. Like on, it wasn't done on scene. That's that's no. dubbed in, but it's, it's right, like absolutely. absolutely, absolutely perfect sound work. Absolutely Definitely. perfect sound work. Yeah. Absolute perfect voiceover work. It's mm -hmm. it's amazing. It's a yeah. terrifying sound, and it's very it's... original. Although, did you notice they used the Wilhelm mm -hmm. scream in this movie? Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just before that moment, with before they attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's no, Gal lets out the Wilhelm scream, isn't it? Was it? Was it in the sewers? Not sure. Definitely do it in the sewers, man, because there's that the gutting <laughs> section in the fucking sewers that it happens. But uh, okay, yeah, 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 okay. Specifically yeah, yeah. when the fucking cult starts fucking coming after him, like it's uh, it's super discordant. I don't know if they did it on fucking studio or if they did it on scene or whatever. Whoever fucking deserves a goddamn Grammy, like it, it's good. Hmm. Um, in my notes, it does say that uh, Gal Michael Smiley does let out a uh, a Gil Himes scream but i'm not sure if it's done on studio or not i can't specify but it is intentionally put in there the gil is it gilhem or gilheim no so will it's the wilhelm scream well wilhelm sorry so the wilhelm yeah, scream yeah. was recorded many Wilhelm's. many many years ago and is used over and over in movies it's yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. it's it's this is the canned laughter of cheers yeah for horror fans absolutely this is, absolutely this is something that we i mean personally I, I say we i shouldn't say that i as we take pleasure in finding the wilhelm scream and hearing it even when it's layered sometimes which it is i heard it mm -hmm. in the sewers and I, heard, I was like that's the fucking wilhelm scream there are like three or four different screams that were recorded i mean 80 years before I was born, some of them. And and I still can fucking pick up on them. You know, yeah, it's awesome. in House on Haunted Hill, and it's in fucking, you know, a bunch of other Vincent Price shit and stuff like that. Right. It's literally a sound bite. It's, it's a, a gift of bite. the fucking, like, 1940. That's right. awesome. Knowledge, knowledge. That's awesome. Um, and also along those notes, uh, that note as well, uh, horror history, we're all Kubrick fans. Uh, this guy, Ben Whitley, also follows a very Kubrick-esque way of putting a film together in terms of starting with predominant images or symbols, if you will, and working from there. So the straw masks, the symbol, uh, the howling screech, um, wake up, wake up was is when it wake up, wake up, wake up is done a few times from Sam, wake yeah. up, literally, shell slapping him, wake up, wake up, wake up to yourself. This comes from his nightmares as well, when he was in a lucid dreaming state, when he was struggling to break out of a dreaming state into consciousness. Yeah. Abracadabra, 
Israel, I believe, is another one as well that also has a Middle Eastern magic kind of connotation to it as well. Um, and he constructs his films um, from there. That's but that's the foundation. That's the root base. And and once again, the straw, the straw, um, cult masks, um, all these things that that still goes back to what I was on about earlier about the the old style occult. It goes, I mean, we're talking sun, we're like talking, there's sun worship and then this, and it still yeah, controls yeah. the world, is what I, yes. I get from this. Very Masonic. Yes. Um, yeah. Very, yeah. And, and actually, I didn't pick up on that Kubrickian um, aspect of it, but I absolutely see it now. Yeah, um, and again, I think it's been been a running theme for Man Bites Pod. That it's been a, a, a revelation that that we already knew, but which we're forming here as we go. Is that Kubrick is one of the most influential directors, if not the most influential director of all time? Seriously, when it comes to horror, I cannot argue with that on any yeah. level. Um, yeah. I. I might put Romero above him in the genre of horror, but I would say on the whole, I don't think there is a more influential director on more genres mm -hmm. than, sure. yeah, than 100%. Kubrick. 100% actually, when you look at 2001 in terms of um, uh, science fiction, how many times has oh. a hell-esque artificial intelligence been used? Um, yeah, uh, Alexandra Archer just did it with the oxygen recently. Go ahead. Look at, look at, look at, look at Full Metal Jacket and war films. Absolutely. Every yep. war film since that has bitten something from that on some level. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's all propaganda bullshit, but I mean, mm -hmm. I really think that's where that whole conspiracy of the moon landing thing comes from, is the fact that he's making kind of a propaganda film on some level. And other people have used it ever since. It's like, well, it looks like he developed this for the government. You know what I mean? Like, there's a whole theory behind yeah, I do. that. Whole I do, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. That's, but, very, that's very insular American shit, but... We're kind of imperialist over here, as far as our government goes anyway. I think everybody feels the effect of what the U.S. does culturally. Ah, uh, I can vouch for that. <laughs> I can 100% vouch for that. Yeah. Definitely. Especially in Australia, America's little cousin, little wannabe cousin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but you were talking about like our Sun Ra going to Druidic, going to right. the, the, the whole conspiracy of the ruling elite and what they get up to behind the scenes, which this is heavily you know, uh, suggesting slash saying that it is, that it does happen when we have the Minister of Parliament as well as the last on the kill list. Um, but but we'll get there, we'll get there. We've just got to go through the tunnels because Gal is taken out by one of the screeching characters. He is disemboweled with the knife. Jay is not. They are particularly focused on taking out Gal, which they do. Gal, which I found a little humorous moment as well, as he's sitting there with his guts hanging out, going, oh, I'm done, mate. I'm done. I'm naked. <laughs> yes, that's true. But were they? I didn't get that, that they were particularly focused on one or the other. I honestly caught some kind of madness from them. Like they were just going to kill everybody in the room. Well, I really feel that it was, it was, well, I'm not sure, but they were after. 
I might be getting how my reading and my viewing mixed up here as well, because why I say that the, the, the theory is when Jay shoots Gal in the head because he's disemboweled, he is done. Yeah, this is no coming back from it. That, well, yeah, that that's, a it, that's a mercy kill. Well, also, you could say that that the whole ritual uh, that has been set up with the client and his cronies, yeah, the elite, the whatever you want to call them, um, that uh, oh, Jay had to take his shit. friend out as a sacrifice. It's the rabbit symbol again. Gal's because, rabbit. okay, so then if we're going to do that, we need to get to, the, to that point. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Because holy shit, because now my mind's on a whole other level. Fuck. You man. see, there's uh, two, two if not three narratives running along of um, like modes of yeah. interpretation going on simultaneously with this film. It's, That's the genius of this even, film. Yeah. It's not even that it's one thing that happens. It's that there are possibilities. Yeah. Th yeah. Through through implication of yep. numerous things going on, and it's never clear even at the end of it. No, it's not. Um, That's the genius of the direction. It's, it's never right. given to you. Here's the final answer. Okay, let, but let's get okay, there. Let's, let's, the talk, let's talk Hunchback then. Okay, um, hold on. Before we get there, uh, because he does go back to the family. We can't forget about Shell and Sam. They have gone off to their cottage, yeah? Shell took Sam away to keep the kids safe. He goes back. He walks out of the woods in a day's look after this whole thing. That's where it cuts to. Reality is really starting to blur what is happening to this guy, what will happen, the way there's quick cuts, yeah? Um, so the sequence of narrative is being fucked with, linear narrative is being fucked with. He... Um, they gets back to uh, Shell and Sam, and he's just a mess. He is done, yeah? And he actually says, I'm freezing, mm -hmm. I'm freezing. He's actually beginning to literally mentally and physically break down at this point. Um, and then basically the, uh, the cult uh, come to visit the cottage, yeah? And they, and they hear them come in, they slash the tires, there's torches, he sees the torches light up around the cottage. Um, and he gets the gun outside and starts firing and goes off to protect his family. Um, he tells Shell to look after Sam. Uh, he's taken out, hit around the head, boom, we cut back to Shell. Um, now, this is where Shell as the um, ex-military woman comes into play we actually get to see her skills uh for a wee bit anyway oh and by the way i oh that's hot man watching her <laughs> dude watching her fucking murk people with no equivocation because she's thinking about her son she's like no no this is gonna oh, get yeah. taken care of. it that oh that gets my spermazoa moving man <laughs> reverend Oh, she definitely just takes care of the situation. And you always knew she was going to. You always knew she was just going to start busting ass and fucking taking motherfuckers out. And once you know that Fiona is like on the other team and shit, you're just like, dude, she is going to fucking be the, the hero of this film. And she really becomes the hero of this film within this fucking, like, everything in this film has this huge lead up. And then within fucking 45 seconds, the entire script changes. And oh, I'm yeah. really happy that it fucking changed okay. in this way 
because like i was just like fuck yeah dude i've been waiting for her to just start capping motherfuckers and what does she do she starts capping motherfuckers and it made me really happy <laughs> i you agree that she be she becomes the van damme seagal she becomes the fucking schwarzenegger of this fucking movie but i don't think she's the hero of this film We'll get there, though. <laughs> we'll get there with that, though. Um, but you want to know a little something to add to her sex appeal in this, with this beat in this action unit? You know when she says something in German and then cocks back the barrel of the pistol? You know what she actually yes. says there? Well, no, she, she, says, says, it, she says it in, in Swedish. Do you know what it translates to in English? I, I honestly, I actually did look that up. I don't remember. <laughs> She says, she says in Swedish, fucking amateurs. That's right. That's what it yes. was. This is the most <laughs> gangster shit ever. <laughs> because then you see her looking around, quick reflexes, sharp eyes. You know, she's got the physicality down perfect. Mayanna Buring, great job. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that tripped me out too. Like honestly, because at that point of the movie, I was trying to figure out so many things. I legitimately forgot she was in the army. Mm -hmm. I forgot mm -hmm. that part of the movie, and I'm watching her just clip. My, I'm like, she's screwing a silencer on. Like this is yeah. her not. Yeah. Like this is yeah, not her go. first day. And no. <laughs> then she's clipping motherfuckers, holding the shit right. And turning behind her and looking around, I'm like, dude, she, this, she knows what the fuck she's doing, man. She knows Absolutely. what the fuck she's doing all day. Well, these Absolutely. other two hitmen the entire time of the movie, they never used a fucking silencer once. Is she the only one smart enough to do the that's thing? That's not true. Taking care of fucking business, man. No, that's not true. Ray used a silencer on the priest. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Jay did. Yes, yes, yes. Or, uh, Jay, Jay, I'm sorry. Yes. That's right, J, J Gal Cell. Yeah, that's just similar ones. Yeah, Monosyllabic names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know who we mean. We know who we mean. <laughs> and just for clarity's sake as well, when she first speaks in Swedish in the film, uh, when she's had the argument with Jay, that is to her mother, and she's saying things like, Mum, why are you being like this? I'm just calling you up for comfort. It's nothing. It's not like nothing um, that plays out in the... Um, at the end of the film or anything like that, just for clarity's sake, yeah? Right, That's just right. her call, calling up and complaining to mum, okay? And apparently, I read, I did read this, apparently that was all improvised. She just did yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, Brilliant. yeah, yeah. She's yeah. fucking, she's amazing. She is really good. She is really good. Absolutely. Okay. Um, but then we don't see Shell taken, taken out. We just hear a window break, glass break. She turns quickly to the left, cut. And we are at the cult within the ceremonial circle, surrounded by the torches. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, yeah, this scene. Whew. We see the doctor is the first face that we see in the hooded cowl. The doctor was very interesting as well because he gives this whole philosophical, he has hurt his hand from the, you know, but when it was cut by the client, it had become infected. That infection become, it can be metaphorical as well as physical. Um, 
and uh, and he instead of looking at the hand to give him whatever, the doctor gives him this whole: you got to forget about the past. Um, the future isn't here yet. There is only ever the present. That's the gist of it. There is only I, ever the present. I mean that that is the very like intelligent and like you know high thought way to view this. But actually, this doctor looks at his hand and he's like, "Well, it's fine." What's going on with your dick, man? Because I, it seems like you yeah. got a lot of short man <laughs> issues and stuff. And uh, it looks like maybe your wife's kind of running shit and you're really, really pissed off about that. So outside of the pedophile and the priest, I kind of want to stab this doctor in the neck third. Like he really fucking annoyed me. I'm like, what the fuck is with this doctor? He's not fucking attending to any of his needs medically. He's asking him psychological questions about his childhood, which he didn't sign on for. And he flat out in the middle of the thing said, I came here for you to tell me about my hand. He's like, that's fine. Tell me about your balls. Like, get the fuck out of here. Fuck right, this doctor. Right. And also, yes. I'm going to say that fucking, yes. that fucking uh, yesterday is gone and tomorrow isn't here. <laughs> and today is all we have. You know what? You're right. Sylvia Plath, we're all dying. I'm with you. Act accordingly. Fine. But you know what? It's also a cop-out. You do have to fucking remember shit from the past and figure shit out from it. Plan for the future. Other, Unless you plan on burning out, that's fine. You can do that, too. I tried to do that. Didn't work out for me. Like, I, mm -hmm. I ended up fucking getting my shit right. But, like, it doesn't work that way. And also... Because I'm laying this out because he's a doctor and it's shitty advice. No matter what yeah. kind of doctor you are, yeah, I get you. I get you. I get you. Advice and not helping. I think he's violating his Hippocratic oath. Oh, I definitely um, think this motherfucker. I, I definitely violating so that shit, man. <laughs> this is the thing, man, is that he's on the pay cut because he's part of the fucking cult and he knows That's he's going to get in fucking that precisely. guy's head by busting his balls about yeah, his fucking yeah. wife. He don't give a shit he's... about his wife. He don't give a shit about fucking Jay either. He wants to get in this motherfucker's head. Because shit, they're my... using this motherfucker to come on around in the final round, dude. My emotions you know? ran, ran away with me then because I was That's I a... took that shit personal. <laughs> No, I get it, and that's what this director's trying to portray. Like, exactly, yeah. that's what this motherfucking yeah. director's trying to portray, because, like, in that first act, I was pissed at Jay. I was like, fuck this guy, and, like, I'm still kind of fuck this Jay guy at mm. the end of the film, but still, mm. like, you have no sympathy at the beginning of the thing, and you're like, what's going on with this relationship, and now all of a sudden, I don't know, it, he yo-yos back as forth as a fucking main character and i think he also portrays that the fucking doctor is just fucking with him because of his wife he thinks that he is also ma being manipulated in that sense as well because he don't sure. trust no one he don't even I trust said, sal yeah. he don't even trust his best friend that he's killing motherfucking pedophiles with well mm -hmm. and he's the only one that goes back and forth everybody else goes in one yeah. direction every yes. goes right. in one direction except for Jay. Jay goes and, back and forth constantly and not like he does it consciously. He doesn't have a change of consciousness. It's just that your perception of him changes 
throughout the movie. It goes back and forth. But everyone else just goes one way, you know? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and on that note as well, with the yo-yo uh, characteristic of his psychology, with that whole there is only ever the present, the perpetual present, is because the doctor, who's, who is a cult leader, I don't think is a doctor in the slightest, uh, he... Uh, what Sounds like it. What they are wanting to do is keep Jay in a perpetual state of psychosis. When you consider the end end and his reaction, perpetual state of psychosis to be the next worthy member of the cult, the chosen one, the marked one, if you will. That's just my reading of that. Okay. Um, I'm actually now, with that. I think that's a really good observation. Good job, man. Thank you, thank you. Um, now there is the knife on the hand there as well at the start before this, uh, before he stands up to go into the final battle, if you will. Ah, there is the hunchback, the title card. There's actually four on this kill list, not three. Number four is the hunchback title card. There is the knife that is played across his hand again. Did you notice when he's standing up with his shirt off, he's given the knife and like he's in the ceremonial circle um, and like basically it's time to battle fight for your survival only one yeah they're doing they're doing that michael jackson life. beat it fight yeah 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 they do it in june yes yeah, it's, it's a classic trope sort of thing uh but only one shell uh, thunderdome it's thunderdome uh, yeah it's thunderdome um his infection from previous yeah that had sport that had spread out from his hand was gone there was no infection i did yeah, I that did. was interesting that tripped me out. And also, that was another thing I was going to bring up, because earlier, when, when his man dies, when Gal dies, he starts carving into that wound. Yeah, like, yeah, man. He starts tearing yeah. it up again. The only other movie I've ever seen something like that happen, it, 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 I don't know if you've seen this, and I don't think it has any, I, I don't think there's any connection, but did you ever see 13 conversations about one thing? No, I haven't heard of that. Matthew McConaughey in that movie, it's a great movie, you should check it out, but Matthew McConaughey plays a lawyer that has a couple of drinks to celebrate, literally a couple of drinks, like not above the level of driving in the US, and hits a girl, he's a lawyer, celebrating a win, and hits a girl on the way home and decides to leave the scene as opposed to dealing with it because he already knows as a lawyer i've been drinking i'm at fault i'm done yeah so his fight or flee thing comes in and he leaves when he hit that girl he hit his head on the steering wheel and busts his head open for months and months and months he continually opens the wound okay. with a razor okay. blade and eventually gets gets blood poisoning from it. And there, there, there's this whole story arc. But yeah. it reminded me of that. I was like, is this a guilty thing? Does he feel bad? Like, but that's yeah. also probably me poisoning my mind from other movies, like, because I was thinking of it. But, yo, is that part of it? Like, he feels bad because his man now died, and now he's carving open the wound again? Mm, mm, you know? Mm, it, it just... Mm. <clears throat> It's, yeah, um, 
watch the movie there people and make up your own mind but it's significant as well because it has disappeared entirely when he's surrounded by the cult for the final step of his initiation if you will which, yeah which once again yeah. is clearly thought out and clearly like they yeah. they meant that shit to happen it's not a bad continuity error so no, now we're stepping exactly. back into the is this supernatural or not yes or yeah 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 definitely um Yes, yeah, supernatural or not. We, yeah, yeah, we, that's the way we, to put we it. We dance back and forth between that, this whole fucking movie. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, now, um, also, as he's been given the knife and when he goes into Thunderdome there as well, he also has a straw mask placed over his face. That's very important as well. He's wearing the straw mask like the procession as well was wearing. Yeah, okay. Um, and then his competition comes out, uh, his combatant, uh, the Hunchback. Yeah, well, um, you know, he's doing his thing. He's shown his training. He's shown how much of a badass he is. The hunchback gets a couple of cuts in. Um, he, but he deals to the hunchback, gets the hunchback down on the ground, starts stabbing the hunch, yeah? And we hear, not quite as loud as from before, we hear an inhuman howl screech again, but the similar vocal style, it's back. And then he take, and then um, again the golf clap from the cult, golf clap, polite English cult golf clap, and then he takes the sheet off. And mm, first time I watched this, I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" I I hate it. I hate it so much. It's heavy, Judy. It is shell. His wife. Not only is it shell his wife, it is shell his wife. And I'm laughing maniacally, <laughs> hysterical Joker style laugh. This I honestly, laugh, I don't know. I don't please. know if I agree with you on maniacally. Well, I that's the thing. This laugh has been read by so many people in so many different ways. Was she in it from the beginning? Is she being drugged? Has she just completely lost her mind? That's the thing. Right. We got to yeah. talk about that. But did we talk about the hunch yet? No, we haven't talked about the hunch. Um, you want to do that, or I'll do, I'll do it. I'll do it. He takes off the sheet some more because he hasn't seen the hunch because a, a little child's hand is sticking up above. Yeah, so he needs to see what this hand is connected to, and it's connected to his goddamn son Sam. So he has just stabbed to death his son. So and yeah, go for it. So so. Here's the thing. There's a few emotional reactions here. Number one, that is obviously we got to address, all three of us need to talk about this, is his wife, Shell, is she's laughing. To me, it's a it's it's something of a guttural laugh. It's a, a death throes type of laugh. Um, that could be once again, that drug thing never entered into my mind, but that 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 makes sense. Um, I always, I kind of took it to be um, either she was forced to do this or I'm glad this is over, just like everybody in the fucking movie was. Everybody that gets murdered is happy to go, including his boy that he shoots in the face, his boy that he fucking puts one in the dome, he puts thank one in his computer, he says, thank you. The other thing is, the son thing, if she willingly sacrificed her son on some level, of course she's going to be ready to go. You know? Shit. <laughs> oh, shit. 
right, I'm I with mean, you. I'm with you. It's just heavy. It's just all heavy. All the options are just like whoa. Yeah, this is not. This is not a fun thing to talk about. Honestly, <laughs> I have a problem with the kids stuff. You know, but mm-hmm. I think the whole final act. I think the whole fucking hunchback thing is a hallucination. I think is that I as think well. That is that, that as well? The whole entire thing is just the end of it. Just ends in this way that it's like, okay, hitmen are real, fucking fucked up people are real. That they would like do all these like, you know, even her being all woman punisher and shooting people through the hallways and stuff because they were all ex vets and stuff like that. I'll fucking buy that shit, whatever, man. But I feel like the end of this film it gets into some fucking holy mountain alice in wonderland fucking psychological hallucination that it's almost separate from the film you could almost just end the film at the beginning of hunchback and say okay that's the end of the film one of these people die what's their hallucination because that's all it really seems to be that, is because good. Yep. that was the other emotional reaction I wanted to talk about that I forgot to mention is Jake's the father. He reacts, but it's 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 not a look of horror. It's not shock. He willingly takes that straw crown. Yes, exactly. He, he sits there and he just it's not a oh my god, what happened? And we already know from his personality that he is volatile as fuck. Mm -hmm. If he just found out he murdered his son unknowingly and his wife's laughing about it, he's going to just start murdering everybody until they kill him. Exactly. He's going to go in the ground, putting people in the ground. I hear what you're saying with the hallucination because filmically it does show a descent into his mind, into his subconscious. You are taken there through the modes and devices of the film itself, definitely. Um, But we also shown Jay uh, through this ritual because the whole setup, the whole job has been a ritual to create the new chosen one that he was marked at the start being a cog. Yeah. So, and as the doctor said, there is only ever the present. He has gone into a state of perpetual psychosis because that look at the end is can also be seen that he has lost his mind, his own individuality, his own thoughts, and is now a cog, a member of the cult, hence the crown. And also, It just dawned on me a very subtle part earlier that we already talked about. The part where he initially goes to meet the uh, the, the client we've been calling him this whole time. Mm-hmm. And the man cuts his hand and his boy pulls a fucking gun on him, who is, by the way, a Catholic. Yep. Not a cultist. Yep. Yes, He's a Catholic. yes. Yeah. He pulls yep. a gun on this motherfucker because he cut his hand and your man Jay looks at me and says, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. Jay yep. calls off the fucking violence. Yep. And your man yep. was fucking okay with it. The, the the client was okay with it because he's like, this guy's one of my boys. He already knows what we're doing here. On some on some level. Yeah, I don't think like consciously or literally, but on some metaphorical level that the film yeah. is working on. If that makes sense. Yeah, 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 definitely. And there has been anti-Catholic, anti-Christian sentiment drip fed throughout this film as well, even at the dinner table at the start. 
Yeah, not at my de- well, not at my table. I feel. Yeah. I also feel that what I meant by that on the Catholic deal is that that separates him from their yeah their cult. Yeah, that yeah, separates yeah, yeah. him out. He's yeah. clearly he's the chaff, and they're the wheat. That's that's yeah. that's what I mean. Absolutely, I get you. I agree. I agree. Gal Gal was could not have been could was not the marked one. He would not have been chosen. It was Jay Diffley, and right? That, and that, that little interaction does show that very clearly, definitely. Um, yeah. Um, and then um, there, there's a taken off of straw mask where we see the doctor, we see the MP, we see Fiona. Yeah. Um, who else is there? There's the MP, the doctor and Fiona is that the three faces that are and the client as well of course is four right yeah four yeah. four faces revealed yep um and then just to get to the very end we see Jay's face whatever it's saying and then boom title card of the symbol which, uh, book, bookmarked it from the start killers yeah done and then I, I like the end title I like that fucking flash and then it's just done I like I how it quits it there because it, it seems like that is the the end of it. There is no going forward from that point. Is it a hallucination? Is this his actual fucking reality and those three people were there and he just fucking murdered his wife and his son and it just goes on from there? There's no point to realistically continue this story. It just mm. ends. I agree. I agree. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it leaves you thinking and wondering for the, yeah, <laughs> for a long time afterwards and watching this late at night to two, three in the morning, just made me feel very un- un- at- uh, uneasy. uneasy. Listen, I watched this movie thinking I was watching a movie and I watched it and came away with something different than I started with. And then started talking to you about it, Gene, before Terry showed up. And then Terry showed up and we started all talking about it. And I am now sitting with a different movie and I'm going to watch it again tomorrow. And I guarantee you I have a different movie at the end of that as well. That's the genius of this This is a brilliant, brilliant piece of artwork. I love it. it. This fucking movie should be hanging in a museum somewhere. I swear to God, I love yeah, it. It's fucking dope. Um, and just to add more to the, your thoughts there when you go away and think about this, go back to the start of the movie where they're playing because there is a whole King Arthur and the Templars on a crusade. She has Sam on her, her back. Show has Sam on her pack playing with rubber swords with Jay yep. at the start. Yep. Mirroring oh, I this that. final scene. Yeah. The, one of the things that I noticed about mm. that, I swear to God, I can't believe I didn't bring this up. The shield is a Templar fucking. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's like they weren't even trying to hide that. I no, they weren't. Forgot about that. But the whole scales, thing with please. Sam on her back and he's stabbing them yeah. with the with the with the swords, this foam swords that only cost yep. four ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Gal says to Jay at one point, "This isn't a fucking crusade, mate." Yeah, right. Yeah. Templar yeah. shit. Templar yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, this movie's dope. This movie's deep and dope, definitely. Um, well yeah. done, my brother. Well done, Gene. Yeah, thank you, thank you. It's a goodie. It's a goodie. Um, okay. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, 
we'll get into, um, if I may, just by sources quickly, because I want to get into the habit of that. Um, and then we'll go straight into our gimmick sources, IMDb and Wikipedia, of course. Uh, IndieWire interview of Whitley by Nigel M. Smith. Uh, this is Barry.com. He did a great little breakdown. Uh, CNE.com, a great article, uh, as well as the Filmmakers Podcast interview on uh, that was a podcast that I listened to. And there's a whole bunch of YouTube material if you want to check out this film, a huge list, won't go through it all. Google uh, kill list review or commentary, you'll come up with all sorts of thoughts about this, definitely. All right, time for the gimmick. Um, to do, do a bit of violence. I mean, the commander, I don't know if you wanted to elaborate it on it more. You were uh, with the knees. I already, I already said, I think I already did. It's the librarian getting his fucking knees hammered out. It makes me happy. I enjoy it. Um, there might even be better bits, but this was the one that made me happy. Anytime a child molester and or priest, I stress and very heavily there, gets their fucking knees knocked out, teeth knocked out, any type of shit like that, it's going to win me over. And it's going mm-hmm. it's gonna to take precedence over creativity, quite honestly. Sure. I, I feel that. I feel that. Um, as I said before, with uh, the New Age Christians singing uh, Kumbaya, in the <laughs> hotel um if he had smacked him around the head with the guitar that would have been it but he didn't so i have to give it to hammer smash skull just for its uh effectivity because that Still made me sit back the librarian made me sit back and go jesus fucking christ yeah yeah uh, special effects crew i don't have your names you killed it whoever was behind this absolutely killed it across the board but reverend dying to know what you have I definitely agree, man. Ryan, the way that that fucking knee physically moves when the fucking prosthetic is being hit with the hammer, it is a physical effect that is done brilliantly, and you don't get to see that much often. The knee's really good. Hammer smash face, also fucking, I mean, it's brilliant. Someone's getting a face beat in with their hand, a hammer, you know, um, I also like the the sewage scene with fucking guts and the stabbing and stuff too. <laughs> that that that's up there too because it, it's got that lighting effect, you know, with the fucking yep. it, you know yep. could be animal guts, could be people guts, could be fucking all plastic and Vaseline. Who knows? It's really well done. But they, they made I those stabbing look really good, man. They did. They did. Yes. Yeah, I gotta say that my favorite. Maybe my favorite violent is the knee, but my favorite fuck you moment is the abracadabra because it's just, it's just so awkwardly done that you know that these people know each other in this way that they did it so naturally and it's, it's acting at its finest. And it's acting when you can only be on a low budget thing where people are interconnected together and they know each other. The fact that he just pulls it out and it's not this, it's like a grand display, but it's also awkward as shit. And then he's just like abracadabra. And, and you know, it's, I think that's my favorite fuck you moment. I like Wait the a minute, wait a moment. minute. Your favorite fuck you moment is the abracadabra pulling the cloth over 
the smashing the guitar of the fucking the the weird new age christian preacher yeah because that doesn't bother me i'll do that on a fucking tuesday that shit doesn't but i see your gauge i see your gauge i see your measurement system now this was like a nice fancy dinner that he's having with his best friend and his like wife and his best friend's new girlfriend and they're just all chilling and all of a sudden he just like fuck him it's and it's, like it's, it's more traumatic weird sure. shit dude yeah it's more it's more traumatic but to me the better fuck you moment is is the guitar playing fucking preacher just because it's my favorite hey, fuck you moment yeah. i mean i yeah. saw that coming i saw that i saw this fucking hippie playing a guitar fucking getting the shit beat <laughs> out of him uh, or not even getting the shit beat out of him but like that becoming a situation i did not see abracadabra really coming up and it really happens within like 20 seconds and it just kind of was like I, i've been waiting for some i had been waiting for some tits or blood for the first fucking 20 minutes of this goddamn movie and then he finally does this and when he does it he does it in this like it's not good acting he do, it's not trauma acting and it's not shakespeare acting it's somewhere awkwardly <laughs> fucking in between and he pulls it off in this weird way that was only done on that take in this fucking yeah. movie so i yeah. picked that as my best fuck you moment of this film okay i like it i like it and i like a little uh, thing here of fuck you moment going hand in hand with a bit of violence as well yeah i'm I not like mad that. At you. i'm not that, i'm not mad at that um fantastic work fellas okay jobba jobba royale this was difficult oh i can't wait oh i fucking can't wait for this I got uh, the pen. Uh, the pen's hot. I'm, I'm waiting. This is difficult because outside of the bad bad asses that Jay and Gal the hit men are, because um, we're thinking jobbers as well. Because she automatically thinks Shell. She she could kick a lot of ass, absolutely. But she's no jobber. Yeah, I don't. And I don't think and she also, is. I think I think also, she's kind of in the main cast. She's in the main cast, exactly. Up. She's in the main cast because the main and and I don't think she has fair competition anywhere in this movie. No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. Now the main cast I saw as Jay, Gal, Shell, Sam. Yep. Um, the head jobbers, uh, whatever you want to call them. Uh, the the main jobbers on the roster, you have the client. Okay. Mm -hmm. I hope this works. <laughs> the client, and you also have Fiona. I'm going for a mixed gender match this evening there, gentlemen. I, I, I'm with but, Fiona. I'm with Fiona on this. Um, I expected her to show up. Okay. Okay, I'm going for a mixed gender match, as they do in the WWE at times. We're, when we say the client, we are talking about the main guy, the guy with that's hand cutting, doing all hand that. Hand cutting guy. Right, yes. right. Yes. And then we have the glary eyed phantom, as Jay calls her in the film, Fiona. What do you reckon? Um, I'm going to go Fiona right out of the game. Um, Okay. It's it's simple. It, it, I mean, if you want the simple explanation is youth, 
Um, sure. The only thing, the only thing that I think is the kryptonite here is the fact that she is a cult member that is afraid of the leader. That is it. Or a higher up, as it were. But if we break this down to a bare knuckle, uh, you know, a fucking knockdown drag out type of gimmick. Uh, oh, if someone doesn't get their head smashed, then we, we got, we demand our nickel back type of fucking fight. She wins all fucking day. She's going to smash that motherfucker's head. She's a true believer. The only okay. problem here is, okay. do we talk, are we talking within the context of the cult? If it's within the cult, it's the cult leader. If it's just a boxing match between the two, it's Fiona all fucking day. And if I have to pick one or the other before anyone explains anything, I'm going to take Fiona. Okay, Reverend, I'll let you be the tiebreaker if, if I may. I would really like to be able to round this out if I could. Yes, man. yes, yes, yeah, absolutely, I, I, absolutely. It kind of fits into my theory, so let's, yeah, let's I was hear thinking it. That. I was thinking that. Because um, uh, I hear what you're saying, absolutely. I um, valid 100%. Um, I, because we're not sure what um, realm we are setting this in, whether the realm of the ring or the film. So I'm going to throw it within the realm of the film that is saying the cult is all, yeah? Um, and that the cult leader psychologically right. will barely need to lift a hand if at all maybe the dagger comes out the uh the sacred dagger but i'd even that maybe not at all because he could basically beat her with her mind um but yeah i don't think he, i don't think yeah. there's a fight at that point that's that's what i'm throwing in on the table that's my cards on the table there that he would barely needs to lift a finger he could beat her with her mind his voices his rhetoric being that the cult is all yeah Rev All right, Reverend. physically, Fiona's obviously the pick. Old fucking cult leader ain't fucking holding shit. But in the premise of this fucking film, I have to say, cult leader hires them for the job. He He's supposedly the one in control. But let me take it back to the kitty cat and the bunny. Who actually provided these victims for the fucking cult who actually put the work in and caught these victims for the cult it wasn't it wasn't the fucking client it was not the fucking leader of the cult it was fiona fiona is the top-notch pussy in this motherfucking movie man she is taking oh, in the victims yep. she is making the work and she is providing the actual sacrifice that this cult needs to prevail. It, it's That's... not It's not the fucking cult leader. It has nothing to do with the cult leader. Because you know what? That motherfucker ain't no goddess. Boom. So good to be. I propose that we, because of this film, do, uh, um, we institute a clap but we do not call it golf clap. It should be called cult clap. Cult clap. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes.
Thank you. Um, so much so to be I going believe, forward. I believe the eyes have it. Correct? Do yeah, we have it's Fiona as a winner? It's Fiona, absolutely, yes. Log it I down mean, there, please, Commander. We, we broke this down. I, I have it right here. We broke, but Fantastic. we broke this down on several parallels. And Fiona, Fiona was fucking uh, close to the top on both levels anyway. Yeah. But yeah. I love this. I, thank you, Reverend Terry. Fiona yeah. wins this particular match. This gimmick is developing beautifully as well. Job of oh, it. <laughs> it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> All, All right. right. Now, now we have our racing gimmick as well. Um, why I say gimmick because we parallel it to an ailment or a disease as well. I'll start if I may. Um, I am coming the closest uh, so far to all of the films that we have watched to a 10. Not quite, but it is damn close for me with a 9.5. Um, just for everything that has already been said about the film, working on multiple levels simultaneously um, through implication, interpretation, leaves you thinking for days. And I am likening it to, I'm being quite literal with this one rather than being all analogous and metaphorical as I usually am, I'm saying straight up PTSD. Tremendous. Yeah, I think that is a through line for the character of Jay is who is our eyes who we see the film through the everyman, if you will, such as he is. It's PTSD. Yeah. Watch I that. am going to go with late term syphilis. This oh. is a this is something I did not see coming. This is um this movie morphed and changed in a way that I absolutely did not understand and am still trying to figure out. Um, and, <clears throat> excuse me. And also, as far as a number goes, I mean, syphilis is on the same fucking level. This is a 9.5 for me. Beautiful. This movie started out and I went, I don't know even what the fuck I'm watching. <laughs> and very quickly became one of my favorite movies ever that I want to, I want to revisit and understand better um, in order to deal with my fucking mind's ailing. Uh, this is fucking late-term syphilis all fucking day. I like it. I like that a lot. Yeah. You guys are going to hate me. I'm sorry. Man, but uh, I mean, I really, I understand where they were going and stuff. Like, I kind of understand. Okay. This shit's poison oak to me. I don't get it. And I understand that it could be fucking like super like annoying and like influential and like actually might kill someone else. It's just... <laughs> I don't actually get this shit. So like I, I get it and like I'm walking through the shit and like I I understand it's around and I see like that that's a hazardous plant that I should not fuck with. And it's gonna kill your Irish ass. And it's probably gonna kill your ass too, man. But like I, I'm kind of totoro and I just don't get it, man. And I understand that it's really harmful and could be really, really, really significant oh, to other people. Amazing. It's just that, like, it. no one died. 
within like 20 fucking minutes, man. And I had to wait 45 oh before I saw a fucking tent, dude. So I got to say that, yeah, dude, this, this cannot be, this can't be any higher than a six. Six? Six. Six. <laughs> Oh good, oh good. That is the dynamic that Man by Spot, Spot is all about in a nutshell, right there. I, I fucking <laughs> li- I like that review more than yeah. I like this movie. It's so <laughs> good. That's why it only got a six. <laughs> but poison oak, that is beautiful. beautiful. A six? <laughs> a six. <sighs> Um, on that note, <laughs> um, check it out, check it out. See if you like, you'll be disturbed afterwards. Contract late night, late night, <laughs> late night syphilis. <laughs> or, or if it's just pure poison oak, dear. But this has been Man Bites Pod. Uh, Cinema Baron signing off, gentlemen. Good fight, good night. All right. Well, you're all going to hell either way. If you get fucking poison oak or not, or syphilis or AIDS or any of the other rating systems that we give on this show, Manpipe Pod would like to thank you for your listening. Did Good night. You, did you just compare poison oak to AIDS? <laughs> that, oh that, that's God. the content that people waited for to listen to at the end of the show. That is, yes, my comparison uh, to AIDS to poison oak is what people <laughs> were waiting for, man. It's my favorite thing in the world. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.